What's up, guys? Welcome back to Kind of Funny's James Bond in Review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing every Daniel Craig James Bond movie there is. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by Nick, the producer slash seducer, Scarpino. Top of the afternoon to you, Tim. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I, this whole coin sharp thing, there in that suit. Thank you. I was like, you know what? I'm going full Bond today. Full Bond. I don't have a bow tie, though. Which is oh, he never. He doesn't really wear a bow tie unless he's wearing a tuxedo. Most of the time, yeah. he just wears the nice Tom Ford suit. But Tim, I'm, it I'm looks doing... like it looks like you're at one of them horse races. Okay, sure. You know, that's not the first mm. thing I thought, Andy. I thought maybe he Kentucky was going to like, Derby party. Gotcha, gotcha. We got Andy Cortez, yeah. of course. Maximum Cortez himself. And all my glitches. Yeah. yeah, Andy's glitching out. It's it's okay though. I'm calling so you glitch from now on. Differently, and, uh, Kevin has some construction going on at his house, so he can't be on this episode. Um, but Andy. Is, What's up? Nick is. I am. Barrett's giving me his thoughts. Kevin's giving me his review. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. I'm still wearing sweatpants though, guys. Oh Are great. You? Let's see it. Oh, you're a business up top party in the bottom. Yeah, Look, I'm feeling good about it. I saw the outline of something on there. I just wanted you to know. Yeah, good. It's good. You got a little pornographic for me. Jesus Christ. Gia made homemade uh blueberry muffins today. Whoa! <laughs> oh man. Oh, living nice. large, living large, and I'm loving it. Make a banana nut muffin. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this is James Bond in review every week live on twitchtv kind of funny games. We get together to review these movies. It's a great time. You can watch live there, or you can watch later on youtubecom kind of funny, or you can go to roosterteeth.com or listen to it by searching for kind of funny reviews on your favorite podcast service. If you want to get the show ad free, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producers did. Mohammed Mohammed, Justin Toft, Das Bear Jew, Blackjack, and downtown Jarrett Brown. How you guys doing? I'm, I'm feeling doing good. Great. I yeah. just finished the movie. You literally just finished it, yeah, right, Andy? Just finished it. Just finished it. Proud I watched like a. Uh, luckily, it goes by quick. It's not. It's a pretty. It does. Short movie. It is. Yeah, man, it is. Like a little less than two hours, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah it's, a, so, it's an hour and forty-seven, and I guess that's inc- including credits. Yeah, which is insane. So yeah. going through some stats here, we're talking about Quantum of Solace. Uh, the title was selected only a few days before its announcement on January twenty-fourth, two thousand eight. For a long time, it had been considered unsuitable for a James Bond movie. Because it's weird as fuck. It uh, is a very weird title. Daniel Craig admitted he was unsure about it, but it seemed to fit in the context in the movie. Bond is looking for his quantum of solace. So that's what he wants. Ian uh, says that if you don't have a quantum of solace in your relationship, you might as well give up. Bond yeah, this doesn't was, have that because his girlfriend has been killed. Therefore, he's was, looking for revenge to make himself happy with the world again. This was based on a short story that he wrote. Another one of those. Um, uh, I think he did like five or six. You can you can buy a book uh, that has them on there. One of them's called Quantum of Solace. And it's that, actually like Daniel using... Craig wrote. Not... <laughs> like no, Ian Fleming wrote this story yeah. a long time. It's been years. For your eyes only. It, so. Chat, let me. Uh, what's that? For your eyes only. Oh, that's what the short story was called. The short story, like the book of short stories. is. Oh, for your, for your eyes, eyes only. only. Yes. So I believe Ian I Fleming. think the story was called The Quantum of Solace, and it was about a dinner party. Where mm-hmm. um, I think Bond just goes to a random dinner party because he was stationed in Jamaica, and I think he gets invited by like one of the dignitaries there um, or one of the local governments, and someone tells a story about a relationship that fell apart because the woman, the guy and the woman weren't you know weren't getting along, and she basically had lost all respect for him, which was his undoing. Um, and the guy that's telling the story says if she had just had a little bit of like a little bit of love left for him, a little a quantum of solace like left for him, then that would have saved him. But because she didn't, because she had lost all that, he he like dies. 
And it's it's wow. only like I think it's like 20 pages. It's not very long, but it's a cool little sort of just sounds like departure. my type of book. Well, it's, yeah, I know it's it's cool because the short stories were just little tiny like vignettes of Bond. And this has nothing to do with action. It doesn't kill anyone. It literally is just about him at this cool dinner party. That's, That's awesome. That's I want to have dinner with James Bond. That would be amazing. Yeah. What if I he like made you pay though? Like he oh. feel like he's you can I'm tell like, bro, he's a you fancy won. bitch too. Yeah. You win poker yeah. games all the time, bro. What's up? You're, you're winning Texas Hold'em everywhere. You're you're paying for sure. That's true. Uh, so this was released on November 14, 2008, directed by Mark Forster, uh, a German-born Swiss filmmaker best known for directing the feature films Monsters Ball, Finding Neverland, Stranger Than Fiction, The Kite Runner, Quantum of Solace, World War Z, and recently Christopher Robin. Oh. Now, fun mm-hmm. fact about um, Stranger Than Fiction, they were the first studio that I remember seeing using MK12. So if you remember watching Stranger Than Fiction, that's a, um, that's a Will Ferrell movie where you know they do all these cool little motion graphics that flip down all around him because he's supposed to be a character that's in a book and then realizes he's a character in a book that someone's reading. And so they do all this cool stuff where he's walking in the motion, like all these graphics are tracking him as he's going. And I remember thinking, that's really fucking cool. And then if you watch Quantum of Solace, they, do, they hired that same studio to not only do the intro, but um, MK12 is one of my favorite motion graphics studios on the planet. Um, but they also do all the cool like displays where they're throwing the displays up to the other display and all the infographics, like when he touches a button and it goes, does all the readout shit. And it was the first time I remember seeing that in like a Bond movie and being like, that's actually really dope instead of just kind of cheesy 90s utilitarian graphics that doesn't make any sense. Like these actually look really cool and functional. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, a budget of $230 million, which for reference, Casino Royale was $150 million. That's Jesus. insane to think about. Wait, they said two. How much was the budget? 230 Jesus. Just think yeah. of like a million dollars. Like, yeah. Like, you know I'd be I mean? okay with that. Like, uh, if I had a million dollars in my, in my bank right now, I would just work from always. I'd be like, cool, I'm just going to put myself in this office forever. I would never see you guys again. And uh, up, up until Spectre, it was the most expensive Bond movie. So it's crazy. It's crazy to think too, because Casino Royale feels bigger than this movie. Oh, way bigger! I think it had to do with the writer's strike. It more did. Than if if memory serves correctly, like I think Daniel Craig actually ended up having to write on this a little bit. So a fun they, fact here for you: yeah. uh, producer Michael G. Wilson developed the film's plot while the previous film in the series, Casino Royale, was being shot. Purvis Wade and Haggis contributed to the script, although Craig and Forster wrote some sections themselves during the screenwriter strike. They received no such credits in the final cut. Yeah. What's crazy is they got a great team for this. Like Mark Forster is a great director. I think this is very well directed, but it feels like they ran out of resources if, for some of the big action sequences, not the least of which is one at the opera, where it's just like we don't have time to do this. It's no Rogue Nation, and so we're just gonna we're just gonna have him kind of run is, and Tim? play some music right. behind it. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy that the guy. I mean, they got Paul Haggis to write this, and if I'm not mistaken, I think he wrote The Born Identity. So the guy knows how to write a cool like actiony spy movie. Um, it's just. I think that I think the, the the pressure they were under to kind of get this movie done under the writer strike shows through because it feels a little thin. Yeah, when you uh, watch it. runtime of an hour and forty six m- minutes, and my god, that is super short for this type of movie, and it flies by. It does, it, yeah, it does. And you know what's funny is like I, I I've always been a huge fan of this movie. Um, I I like it in context to especially watching it after Casino Royale as sort of a nice almost um almost epilogue to the movie. If you would, it's it doesn't feel a hundred percent like a whole movie, but if you if you watch Casino Royale and then immediately start watching this one, it makes a really cool like four hour long Bond movie. 
Um, and there's not much that happens here, but I I just like the, the the simplicity of the plot, and I love how the some of the action is directed, and I love the use of music and sound. Uh, namely, like there's moments where he just like lets the beautiful score play and t- cuts out all the diegetic sounds. So like there's a part where he's you know on the boat after the big boat chase, and he's just you just hear the score as you're seeing him just drive this or pilot this boat through the water. Um, so I think there's so many good things in this. It's just coming off a of Casino Royale that was so different and so action-packed. And so, like, it gave us just a totally crazily different bond. This one just feels a little bit lesser to me. Yeah. Really action-packed for Casino Royale. I feel like these movies are almost on opposite sides, where this one, like, kind of just... It's a lot more action, a lot less sort of sitting back well, and... And, and talking, you know, telling stories to the audience. I think they both have big action set pieces, but the Casino Royale set, pe- like the, the the Casino Royale action that I think of is I think of that amazing parkour sequence at the very, very beginning. And this movie just doesn't have something like that. Mm-mm. We do get a really, I, I love how this movie starts. I love the slow build of the music as we're getting this huge wide shot of I, I whatever that body of water is in Italy where they're shooting as we're coming toward the tunnel. And then you're seeing these close-ups as the lights, like it's a, you know, yeah. skipping off of him and skipping off the gun and skipping it's off. It's like the stormtroopers at the beginning of. Yeah. War <laughs> and, you get, and it's, and it's, and, and you hear no, you know, if you watch it again, pay attention to how they use sound. Cause it's so cool. It's just this like, this, this, this music that's building, building, building. And then finally when it crests and it breaks, that's when you hear the wow and the car comes in and the guns start firing and everything starts going fucking nuts. And they don't use any slow motion in this at all. It is just balls to the wall, fast as shit. The door gets ripped off, car bursts into the building, and then all of a sudden Bond pulls a machine gun out and shoots the other car and it goes off the fucking cliff. We're done. It's such yeah, a, I, I love how fast the scene happens. It's awesome. The the intro is definitely my favorite part of this movie. I don't think anything about this movie is egregiously bad, but I think the intro is the only thing that was like actually good because that shit happens. And I was like, oh, my God, let's fucking go. And then and that's sad because everything they... happens after that. And it kind of just feels like it happens fast and they're in and they're out. And I appreciate that. But it's just like mm-hmm. when I really think about it, I'm like, what what happened in this? Like this whole movie kind of feels like the the last 20 minutes of Casino Royale, which were my least favorite part of Casino Royale. It does. And it's, and it's unfortunate too. Cause I, I mean, again, I think this movie has the best style out of any of the James Bond and any of the uh, Daniel Craig, James Bonds. I love, I love how it's shot. I love the titles. I love how it's edited with the music and I love the city titles. So every time they go to a new city, they did a fucking awesome job of just putting a nicely designed, title above it there's no motion graphics it's just we're in sienna italy and they have this beautiful font that they use for it and it's just well designed there's Go one city London. that had kind of a crappy font though i forgot so I which thought, one it I was it was russia <laughs> it's probably kazan russia or uh, london had one the last one i didn't mind which is kazan but there was one in the middle i was like yeah that's kind of gross i don't love that <laughs> yeah it, it's to me it reminds me of the parkour chase of when we first saw the parkour chase in you know 2006 it was like oh, we've never seen anything like that and the, the titles are similar where it's like when we first saw zombie land it was like how the fuck did they do that like yeah. that's crazy and with this i'm like i'm sure that was cool but i look at it now and i'm like i really don't vibe with this well, for me, I vibe with it, but I just thought it was kind of a throwback, right? There's a couple of different things he he did here that I think are just kind of a throwback to older movies. That's one of them, which is having a title. The other one is uh, again the use of sound, where it's just we're sort of seeing the score as the as the image is playing underneath it. And then um, there's one quick touch at the beginning, and we can well, we can talk about that as we get into the plot. But 
there's a moment where after the whole beginning's done, he pulls in and says it's that it's that kind of like Bond theme where he's going through the little tunnel and he parks the car and he opens up the hood and it's revealed that Mr. White's been back there the entire time. And he goes, it's time to get out and it freeze frames for a second. And it's silent. And then it goes. Yeah. Bow, 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 bow. I, I thought I thought so my screen well like done. froze. So I thought so too. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it kicks it kicks into like the 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 nice little homage to the gun barrel. Um, yeah, son of the desert, and he's walking in like the. It's just I I think it's that, so well done. The first like twenty minutes is really so cool. It's such a weird throwback way to make movies to like have that freeze frame. Like I feel like I haven't seen a freeze frame in a movie since like the late eighties or something like that. Yeah. But to have like that freeze frame moment and the music sound, it's like, uh, okay, this is fucking tight. Well, it's uh, definitely no. like a sixties slash seventies thing to do. I don't even think this, they did it in the eighties. This was a, uh, Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, this yeah, was okay. my, my first time watching any of these movies, obviously. Um, but I, I, I really enjoy this movie. I think I like this a little bit more than uh casino Royale. Um, but it, I, I had come in with the, the thought that all these movies were very standalone and they didn't continue upon the last parts. Mm-hmm. That's something I wasn't expecting to like to have this sort of continuation of a story. And I agree Correct. with that. It does. It does feel like a like a, a well-made epilogue. Um, but I like seeing uh, how these movies tie together. I like kind of getting that somewhat closure. But you're starting to see this evolution of Bond where he's still trying to fight back those feelings. He's still trying to be this hard ass and. Uh, uh, throwing homeboy's body in the trash can, and the girl being like, "Is that how you treat your friends?" And like, he's yeah. trying to still be closed off. But I, 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 I dug the hell out of this movie, honestly. Yeah, I mean, huh. for the most part, yeah, thematically, this movie is about him moving on and him kind of. They have that last moment um, where you know Mathis is like he's dying in his arms, and he's like, "You have to forgive yourself for Vesper. Yeah. You have to forgive yourself for because really, what he's what he's mourning is the fact that he couldn't save her." And and she not because of the the water, but just because the all the circumstances, he just didn't have what it took to get her out of that. And that's why he's pissed. That's why he's raging. He's not mad at her. He's mad at himself for letting her die. Um, and I I like that part. That's really what this whole movie is about. The movie is very subtle. Even the plot of the of Quantum, uh, which I love by the way, and I fucking hate that they decided to ditch this later on. I guess we'll get to that later. But I love the idea of Quantum, which is this. Very, very like these people do not want to be known. They don't want to be Spectre, who is this like, you know, traditionally in the Bond franchise, Spectre was like this crazy, like villainous organization that every major Secret Service agency knew about because they were like, crazy. you know, they would like terrorize people and blackmail people and do all this shit. Quantum is this is just a bunch of like really high powered business people that don't want to be known for being in this like Illuminati style group. Yeah. And I think it's cool. And and I think the plot of this movie is it's it's some people think it's boring because it kind of is. It has nothing to do with like a giant world ending thing. It's just about these. They're going in and destabilizing these governments so that they can basically take their natural resources and build their wealth and then just keep running shit, which I think is so unbelievably sinister. And there's that great moment where M goes to her superior and she's like, he's like, you got to cut Bond loose. And the guy, and she's like, "How do you know that Green is not a villain?" And he goes, "What does it matter?" He's like, "If we didn't do business with villains, we'd have absolutely no one to trade with. Like, this is the world that everyone is bad. Everyone is doing this shit. We're just trying. We're just one of the players in this game." A very cool thing that kind of backs that up is, according to uh, Matthew Almerick, who is Dominic Green, the bad guy. Uh, his character does not have any distinguishing features to make him more formidable and to represent the hidden villains of society. He has no scars, no eye that bleeds, no metal jaw. Uh, this is a quote. Uh, I tried everything to have something to help him. 
to help me. I, I said to the director, no, nothing, a beard. Can I shave my hair? He said, no, just your face. Uh, he described Green as not knowing how to fight, so James Bond would be more surprised. Sometimes anger be, can be much more dangerous. I'm going to fight like in school. And it's like, that is cool because he is just a dude. You know, it's like you see yeah. him and it's like he's not he's trying to be this like crazy Asian. ass. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, there, there's That's even that cool. moment at the end where he's talking to um, General uh, Med- Medrena and he goes, he's like, Medrano. Medrano, thank you. Sorry. And he goes, um, he's basically like, you know, we're going to, you're going to sign this. He's like my first official, you know, he signs the document giving the land. He goes, cool. Now you're going to give us the rights to be the, the water utility. And he goes, this is twice as much as we've been paying for. I won't pay it. And the guy, and he has that great moment where he's like, listen, my organization is basically overthrew the other government. We'll do the same for you. If you want, kill me right now, but just know that at some point, one of the people is going like you're going to wake up and someone's going to be standing over your fucking bed with like and cut your balls off or some shit like that. So yeah, basically, it's like I don't, I just feed don't your ball, put your balls in your mouth or yeah. something. Like He's and it was like the most ruthless thing, but he doesn't say it in a menacing way. He just says it as like so matter, matter of factly, fact, like yeah. this is what we do. Take it or leave it. We don't yeah. care. And it's I I fucking love that. I, I love that. I love the I mean, I'm a sucker for interconnected stuff. And so, that was, you know, having Mathis come back, having this movie start off and when when it reveals that Green's in the trunk, it's like, oh, shit, this is moments after Casino Royale. Like, yeah. that's super. Oh, yeah, Mr. White. That's yeah. super cool. That's super rad. And so I, I love the bad guy. I love all that stuff. And I love how simple it was that. But for me, the thing that I feel really doesn't doesn't work is. Casino Royale's kind of big thing was this is him before he's Bond, and it's not mm-hmm. till the end that he becomes Bond. I don't get the Bond vibe in this. Like, I feel like they they built up to this thing of uh, now he's supposed to be this dude, and I almost feel like they're still building in this one, which felt I, like I a, agree. a conceit. There's not a single James Bond moment in this one where the music hits and he does something badass. Like, well, the very end of it, but <laughs> it's like weird. It comes out of nowhere. The title treatment. Oh, I forgot about that. That's really strange. But yeah, but even then, it's like he. That's the credits, you know, but like see, I that, give, it doesn't feel tied to the film. Yeah. I mean, I give I give them a lot of leeway and a lot of props for trying to go deeper into this. And and you're right. Like having when I was in the theaters watching this and it and it and, it, and Mr. White was in the back. I was like, wow, I have never seen that in a Bond film before. They have never done that. I can think of in the 20 some odd Bond films, a direct sequel to the one the movie that came before it. And this is like not even a direct sequel. It picks up like you have to imagine 20 minutes after the other one ended. Mm-hmm. Like he throws his ass in the trunk and then you get Goes. his guys are on him and they're just, and they start going. Um and that's really 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 cool. And I love that they were like we're just going to go a little bit more introspective with this and really see what happened. Like this is Bond healing from or trying to find a way back from opening himself up to love this woman who died and betrayed him. And I think there's just so much complexity in this. And the whole movie is about betrayal, by the way. Like it's about having people in your trail. Yeah. But it's about having people in your life that you don't know where they stand. Right. We have this wonderful moment where the guy's like, well, the first thing you should know about us is we have people everywhere. Right. And then, and then M has that great line later where she's like, everyone, she's like, when people say that, you expect it to be hyperbole. You don't expect yeah. to actually have someone in the damn room. Yeah, like you don't. Like the movie's about not knowing who you can trust because he's been betrayed. He let he opened himself up and he's been betrayed. So like that's what it's at. It's about ferreting out that that like um, that group of people that don't want to be discovered, that do want to lie to you and do want to betray your trust. And yeah. it's cool, but I do think that unfortunately, where they dropped the ball a little bit was that they just don't have um, they don't have anything that comes even close to that first scene. 
in either of the movies, right? Like that, that first, the first, the parkour scene is amazing. This scene's amazing. And obviously, you know, if you're a Bond fan, traditionally the opening scene right before the title treatment has always been something zany and crazy. Roger I mean, Moore. Like a Casino Royale, right? The black yeah. and white, the bathroom fight, like, oh. Yeah. And, they, and they've always been like that, right? If you go back and watch any of them, that's how they most of them start, which is like some crazy action. I mean, it, it, the one that sticks out in my mind is the world is not enough for some reason. He's like, it's just a crazy boat chase. That's super boring. But um, but they try to take it up like fucking 8,000 notches because they're like, this movie sucks. Yeah, there's so. not a whole lot uh, over the top about this movie at all. Like they they uh, and I feel kind of the same way. No, nah, I guess Casino Raw had some some wild moments. But the action here is all like still very grounded to me. Um, and I, I, I could have done for a little bit more crazy shit. Now, granted, he did explode a wall at the end of the movie, yeah. and I thought I would have just murdered everybody in the room. But Very video game. game. I love how they cool. built they built this hotel out of the most dangerous fuel cells ever. <laughs> fucking <laughs> like one goes off, and the whole thing goes up in five seconds. The, the like, thing oh, I think about the action gas. for me that stands out is that there's so much of it. Like this movie, it, it feels like it's fifty percent action scene, and all the action scenes feel like the final one in Casino Royale, where the kind of boring is kind of sinking. Where you're just like, all right, there's stuff happening here, and like it's not the like, oh, there's no stakes. It's not that. It's just like. I, I always want to see it kind of up the ante. It's not yeah. cool just seeing cars race in Fast and Furious. We need to see there needs to be that extra level, right? And it's like we already saw that in Casino Royale. Even the uh, like the plane sequence where he was like trying to get the bomb on the guy. It's mm-hmm. like that was interesting and like had like a visceral feeling to it. Yeah. And it didn't overstay its welcome. Whereas this kind of just felt like action for action's sake, which makes sense given the writer strike, where they're just kind of like. Let's just pad the time with some punches. Well, it's it's weird though because like I think out of anything, the action sequences were the ones that didn't need a writer, which is why it's sad. Like the writers needed to be are the ones generally who put the story together. But I I it, I don't know if they would necessarily need Paul Haggis to come back to do the beats of the action sequences. That's like something that I the, the director could sit down with his cinematographer and be like, "Here's what we're gonna do: this, this, and this, and this," and be kind of creative with that. Granted, I'm oversimplifying it, but. I really feel like they could have. I mean, again, I I think that that same criticism is valid for the end of Casino Royale, where you're like, I don't. This sequence is, it's fun, it's fine, but it's not Daniel Craig running up a crane to catch a guy who just flipped up to the crane and then bursting through drywall. I'll be as like this fucking marauder, you know. I'll be honest with you. I've already forgotten what the fuck happened. (laughs) Like what action sequences at the end of Casino Royale. Like that's how that's how like kind of forgettable the movie was for me uh, like where the downtime the moments that you're supposed to be sort of reflecting on what the story is what these characters want uh, and how they get them like as good as mads was in casino royale i i just i, I liked i guess the motivations a lot more here uh mm-hmm. everything felt a lot more kind clear. of yeah they well, were also, clear. Yeah, yeah. also there was a mystery in this which is cool right and that's that's always i think that was something that was sort of missing a little bit in casino royale which was that we knew exactly what was happening up until the very end where they were like, who is this Mr. White guy? What, what's going on here? Who, who is this organization that's running Vesper? In this, we're unraveling that mystery, which for me is always more fun. We get to see Bond hunting someone down. We, he puts that cool trace on the dude's cell phone and then follows them to Austria and then like has to use his training and his cunning to like spot the one guy that gets the different gift package and then beats the hell out of him while the dude's, pro- I guess, presumably taking a shit. I don't know. Um, and also, we, we, like, use his cunning to be like, how am I going to fuck this one girl that came over here to tell me to go oh. back to <laughs> the UK? And they don't fuck, dude. So James Bond and leading Bond girl uh, Camille share a kiss in this movie, but do not make love, making it no, a first he, for the film franchise. 
He's talking about he's talking about Gemma Arterton. I'm talking about Fields. Strawberry 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 Fields. Strawberry Fields. They fuck. Oh yeah. Oh, they fuck. Yeah. Shout out to Gemma Arterton. I think she was in the Clash of the Titans, and I I had a huge crush on her back then. Um, the uh, yeah, it's but it's so weird though because those moments, looking back, still feel a little bit antiquated to me and i think that's one of the biggest problems sure. the bond fr- uh, franchise faces is that there's the moment where he walks into the hotel room and he's like i can't find the stationery. do you want can you help me come find this and she kind of smiles and goes in but it doesn't feel like that's a real situation you know it, no it's like they, but it i i do weird that enjoy that he is supposed to just be intoxicatingly good looking that like nobody can just no one can deal with it i just find it hard to believe <laughs> Like it's just, and it gets honestly, it gets a little bit weirder as the series oh, goes yeah, because definitely as w- when when Skyfall comes out and then finally Spectre, and the Spectre didn't come out that long ago, and we're in a completely different uh, uh it's like a uh, time period now than like the original Bond movies where it was I guess acceptable to just kind of use women disposably and have that be just like what that's what men are supposed to be. Now it's like that just seems it just seems creepy as fuck. Most of the time, when he does it, not so much in this movie, but as but, Skyfall, I don't think there's any points. Yeah, either, but Spectre specifically, there's there's come some moments where I'm like, we need to stop with this now. He At least this movie doesn't have the finger licking. Yeah, that, that was, was weird. a little weird. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree with you, Nick. Like, it does feel antiquated, but also just totally unrealistic. Like the oh. the fact that this that this like agent who has been sent here to do her job would just be like. All right, I guess I'm gonna fuck. And I would have been like calling, like, "Hey, he's trying to fuck me." Like, what? What? Right. Who, who did you <laughs> hire? Who is this guy? That's the thing, though. With Casino Royale, you know, the flirting was had a double meaning, right? There was they were they were sort of intellectually sparring back and forth, and there was a sexiness to that. And I think Ava Green, they wrote her character a lot more three dimensional and realistic. And so then when they actually do end up having a, a romantic you know, moment, it makes sense. And it's backed up by everything that came before. And you feel that like they both want this, which is why they were so antagonistic against each other to begin with. You know, they always say there's that there's that like, there's that thin line between love and hate. And that's kind of what we had in the first one. In this one, she literally has known him for 20 minutes. And then just decides to bang him because what he took her to a really nice hotel that admittedly, I'd love to stay in that hotel. It looks awesome. But I don't you know what I mean? It's just it's it's just so it's so a relic of the 1960s and 70s bonds where bond just said something silly and women just fell all over him and it just doesn't make sense anymore. So before we get to the plot, let's talk about that goddamn intro. Let's rank the James Bond Ooh. intros. This is number one to me. me it's too. so good. It's it's, it's so song, good. man. Are you kidding me? You combine Jack White and Alicia Keys and just Fuck. let them do their thing. What a fucking Dude. song, man! I love how it's, different it is. It does. It still has the James Bond isms, but it yeah. doesn't need to be just kind of cookie cutter. Hey, we're just going to do the same thing over and over. That it kind of yeah. turns into. It it's has got, the chord. Yeah. It has that chord progression. The the espionage chord progression. Yeah, <laughs> but like when you hear it, you know, and you it's know. so goddamn good. It's that dirty, dirty guitar sound. <sighs> just that muddled guitar sound Jack with the, with has the cleanness a muddy, of the piano. Oh, it's so good. And then, I mean, I'll, I'll say this: like you know, a lot of the old title sequences, like we, I go back and watch Casino Royale. That feels dated. That so that the the motion graphics and that feel like even when I watched it at the time, I'm like, I think they could have done better than this. The ones in, from Quantum of Solace, I literally pulled it back and watched it again. It is. Uh, like a master class in how it's you do cool, a motion man. title sequence. It's so fucking cool. And for the technology at the time, 
th- that they did all that stuff. There's a moment where he's walking and his shadow, he leans forward and his shadow pops up behind him. Oh, my like, God. It's and so it's, cool. And then the shadow takes over. It's all the particle effects, the sand, that last beat where it goes, bum, dun, dun, dun. Bom, 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 bom. He fires the gun. So Actually, that sick. might be the first beat. He fires the gun and it go and it just bullet kind of slowly comes out. It's Ooh. so well paced and so well done. Where you have the, the the sequence from the first one, that's cool. But it feels like it feels like you know, and any motion graphic artist will appreciate this. It feels like they had a solid like ten seconds of animation, but they had to cover two minutes. And they're like, fuck, okay, what do I do here? Okay, I guess this can just rescale and I'll yeah. just reuse this. Okay, well, I'll just use it. You know, it, it didn't feel like it was that. I'm, I'm oversimplifying, of course. I'm sure they they did an animatic for it and like and, and beat it out. But this feels like they were they were like, we're going to really, really bring together the visuals and the music of this and have it just make something that's so much better than the sum of its parts. Yeah, this man. So I, I think this is the most underrated Bond song for sure. Even it all the, came and went. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest with you. Like when it started... And I hear Jack White and I hear that guitar. I was like, fucking Nick and Tim never told me this. Like, I, I didn't know this was one of the because all I've heard is all I've heard is uh, Adele. And all I've heard was the the last one with uh, Chris, fucking Cornell. Chris Cornell. I had never heard Jack White uh, as like being brought cool. up in conversation. Yeah, oh, it, it, was, it, caught me, it caught me by surprise. And I was I was very happy about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the use of the instrumentation. I love Alicia Keys on the piano, and I love him on the guitar, both do, like mimicking the machine singing. sounds, both singing. Ah, cool. oh, it's so good. A fun fact, though, Mark Ronson and Amy Winehouse had recorded a demo track for the film, oh. uh, but due to Winehouse's uh, publicized legal issues in the preceding weeks, it made her not ready to record the music at the time. Amy and Winehouse like, would have been awesome Can you imagine? Like and We were robbed. That's kind of like they're meant to get, they're meant yeah. to be together. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy we got this, but God, that could have been. The thing is, Winehouse would have been very close to Adele and very close to Billie Eilish, I think, because of her because of her the vocal like her vocal stylings. But with I, Mark I, Ronson producing, though, yeah. like it would have been more upbeat. It would have like ah, oh, that would have been a fucking vibe. But it would have had that know, lounge man. feel, you know. Yeah, this yeah. just this just sounds like this sounds like Jack White and Alicia Keys got in the studio and just like someone started playing something and then they just started f- fucking tearing this out and then they were like, "Did we record that? Yeah, okay, cool, we're done. Yeah, we moved yeah. on." Totally. Like this just seems raw, effortless, and filthy, and I love it. And I and it goes so well with the little subtle touches in the animation, where like all the O's have little lines in them, and they'll like when they meet, when they when they come together, they line up very subtly, and then they go away. And just the way oh, they do yeah. all the titles, where it's sometimes it's perfectly animated, and sometimes it's choppy, is so fucking rad to me. Like this is one of those like if you ever want to be a motion graphic artist, go back and study this because it is a perfect, perfect uh, blend of 3D, 2D, and like all the title sequences, and then just all that composite work they do with him. It's fucking rad. Let's get to the plot. Oh, I have a song for it. I have a song. Oh, okay. I've been working. Oh. I've worked really, really hard on a song, guys. Okay. Okay. Just original song? Day. Is it an original song? Uh, yeah, just working all day night on it. Okay, ready? ready, ready cool. Go for it. It's the plot. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The name's Plot, James Plot. <laughs> that was amazing. That's great. <laughs> that was We're gonna get the gold. That was home, awesome. baby. That was really cool, Andy. How did you figure first. out that? Okay, we'll go with it. It's <laughs> on. Uh, let me tell you guys, you'd have to be a pretty cold bastard if you didn't want revenge for the death of someone you loved. Welcome to Quantum of the Solace. We have we start. 
with what we already talked about, this amazing, amazing car sequence, which I think is awesome. It, the way it ends where they're going around the tractor and the guy like has the gun pointed and Bond just pulls out. He finally gets the machine gun loose and just fucking empties a clip into the guy's face and then immediately goes off the cliff. I just I love the pacing of this. It's way too fast and it's not traditional at all. And I think it totally works. Of course, we go into the amazing title sequence after we pull Mr. White out. Once that's done, we we uh, we're we're back in uh, Siena. Where are we? Siena, Italy, I think is where it is. Yeah, uh, where Bond uh, is meeting up with M, and also Mitchell's there too. And they make a big show of like, "Oh, hey, Mitchell, what's up? I haven't seen you in a while." And, and Mitchell's like, "Hey, what's up?" And then M hey, shows up, Bond. Hey, what's How's up? it going? Uh, uh, <laughs> M shows Bond a picture of Vesper's uh, dead boyfriend. Uh, but guess what? He's not really dead. Uh, they did a DNA test, and that's not Turns him. Out it's a hundred percent that bitch. Yeah, exactly, Crazy, and, and she's like, "I don't want you going after him." And Bond's like, "I'm not going to go after him." And when she turns her head, he fucking grabs the picture. Like this motherfucker is dead. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna hunt guy. this asshole down. And I love how I love how he does like the sleight of hand thing where he's like drinking with he's she's still drinking the alcohol with one hand, and he grabs yeah. the picture with his other one, puts yeah. it in his pocket as she turns back around, and um, then he like flips her off, and she turns around, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, "Mom." Of course, she's like, "I don't want you going rogue." on said well you'd have to be a pretty he's like why would you think i'd do that and she says because you'd have to be a pretty cold bastard if you didn't want revenge for the death of someone you loved um and then mitchell goes i'm gonna go check the perimeter and then uh they all start putting the screws to old mr white and i love this guy that's that plays this i, I don't know the actor's name but i think he Yo, does mr. this great job here he reminds me of uh the dude from willy wonka in the chocolate factory the, the like the guy in the alley man. yeah the guy that's like oh, uh, uh, ticket uh, ends up working uh, for him yeah what's his oh, name i played him in in the in the play, I was. Of him. course, you did, Andy. We That's made amazing. him like we made a, yeah, like so. Obviously, he doesn't have that much of a role. Uh, but in the play that we did in high school, we they made him like a very Disney esque kind of Slugworth. There Slugworth. Go. There we yeah. go. Slugworth. Um, Jesus. Of course, uh, they start they start interrogating Mister White. I think he just I think he does really a real a good job of not being like a two dimensional villain in this because he has that real moment where he's like. He's like he, he sees Bond. He's like you know I've, I've I'm very interested to meet you. If Vesper hadn't killed herself, we'd have had you too. And Bond's like fuck you. And then he's like and here we are over here. He's like all of us on our side thinking MI6 and and, and the CIA are right around the corner. And he goes you guys don't know shit about us. I love and this. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. So he just starts laughing to himself. And then Bond goes well we're or M goes we're a quick study. And he's like well here's the first thing you should know about us is that we have people everywhere and he looks over at mitchell and he goes isn't that right and then mitchell takes his gun out and starts shooting everyone and then i loved it i loved M saying that though because it was just because she felt backed up against the wall she felt like oh yeah well we 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 learned quickly like you know you can tell that she was like she needed some sort of comeback because she was so blown away by oh my god we don't know a damn thing about these people we don't know shit about these people i love Um, i love how much M we get in this movie like I, I like yeah. that we got a lot more of her. They doubled down, and I I feel like they nailed the tone of her uh, that they set up in Casino Royale in that one scene where she was just kind of walking and talking, and they, they were mm-hmm. like, "Let's give more of that." And it's good too because we really do get a lot of, um, you know, a good a good relationship between them now. I think that was a smart choice on the writer's part where they were like, you know, she is sort of motherly to Bond, and we even have that line later where he's talking to Olga Olga uh, Krolinko, where she's like, you know a woman and he goes yeah it's not like that and he goes she goes your mother and he goes she'd like to think so um so i like that they're developing that and i like that that carries through to skyfall as well uh meanwhile of course bond throws a chair at him uh and ducks and and, and covers <laughs> it's fucking i love that i love that the blocking of that because bond doesn't have a weapon on him so like the second shit starts going down he picks up a chair and hurls it at mitchell 
so he can tackle M to get her out of the way. And then Mitchell, of course, runs away. Bond gives chase. Um, they scuffle. Uh, let's see. Someone gets shot, I think. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, and then Bond chases him through the mining set of Temple of Doom. Then they pop up uh, at the running of the bulls, which I thought was in Spain, but apparently is all, those cheeky Italians do it too. Um, and then Bond does a broke-ass Assassin's Creed 2 all over the second-story balconies of uh, Italy and chases Mitchell into a bell tower. They fight, and then they fall off, and they get all caught up in ropes and scaffolding. And you, and then you think Mitchell has the drop on Bond. But, uh, but, but even though apparently they don't teach parkour or following people, um, at MI6, they do teach uh, rope dancing uh, Cirque du Soleil style because hey. Bond knows what he's doing here. I don't know Here, how he does this. Thing. Earlier, I was saying that like this movie doesn't have any like standout action scenes. I I forgot about it, but I take it back. This this scene, I really enjoyed the choreography of. I, like I it love too. them. It's unique. It's different. Like shout out to them for this one. It was good. Yeah. And he has a great moment where, like, as as it's a good pacing because you're like, oh, he's got the drop on him, and then Bond like grabs the other rope and twirls around and just shoots him. And they don't even show what what I love about it is they don't show Mitchell getting shot. It just ends on Daniel Craig shooting and hanging upside down, and you know, because Bond kills everyone, and yeah. that's great. This uh, is the most violent Bond movie. Super violent. Oh Not my only, god, yeah, yeah. Dude, there's a part, the part of, now we'll get to it. Uh, let's see. Bond returns to the safe house to discover that Mr. Wet has escaped uh, back in London. And again, we get a cool little title treatment here. Bond meets up with M at Mitchell's house. And then she has a great line when she says, when somebody says we've got people everywhere, you expect it to be hyperbole. And then she picks up one of the presents that he got. She got him for uh, Christmas. She's like, I got him three fucking like three Christmases in a row. I got him presents like this guy was my personal guard. How did I not know that he had been turned? Who the hell are these people? We have to figure out who they are. Um, and then, uh, how long was like, he the bodyguard for? He, she said like, how long? Like three or four years. Oh, like she okay. had been, she doesn't know. I mean, and that's the thing that she doesn't know how he got turned. Um, somehow this is a little murky area. I wasn't quite sure about, I guess they had some money on him that they were like, we traced this money back to someone yeah. else. Was uh, like, it, it was whatever. a Lashif. Yeah. They, they had, they had, that's uh, right. It was one of Lashif's guys. That's yeah, right. they, they they said that they used money to like track and and was like, well, who I with how fast money transfers, I could have this money by now. Yeah, she goes, there's not there's probably a tenor in my wallet you could trace back to uh to the sheaf or whatever. Uh, right. Anyway, they find out that this is uh, there's someone named Mr. Slate who's uh waiting for him at a hotel in uh, Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Uh, so they 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 uh let's see like so Bond goes there and then accidentally brutally murders the guy that's in the hotel waiting for him and again you want to talk about violent this fucking sequence he grabs a pair of scissors and stabs the guy's artery in his leg and then oh, just waits because he God. knows he's dead there's yeah. a moment where he just he's holding his hand still so he can't defend himself and he's got the 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 uh, scissors in the guy's leg and he's just looking out like waiting. Just biding his time until the guy bleeds out and then he dies. So and fucked he, up, dude. And he, t- <laughs> and he takes his wallet and then he takes his keys and he runs, goes downstairs. Then he has that one moment where he's like, as he's walking past the concierge, he stops and he goes, oh, I'll check the messages. And as he does so, of course, she's like, Oh, yeah, you have a message. It's uh, here's it's this just briefcase. And he's like, Cool, I'll take the briefcase. Um, <laughs> and the guy, like, but it's like there's no dialogue at all. He just walks into the hotel room. You see a little quick cut of a knife. And you're like, Oh, someone's waiting for him. And then Bond just murders him yeah Dominates. bleeds bleeds Fuck him murders. out and then just cleans up in front of the little restroom just gets some yeah. blood off of me oh gotta get a new jacket oh yeah oh the, uh, the... <laughs> he's got a really nice coffee maker what is this oh curious like <laughs> he just and i love that and this is like so this, ruthless just brutal and i love yeah. that it's backed up still by a little tongue-in-cheekness by m where every time he kills someone she's like what happened like she, she gives him shit for killing mitchell she's like you had to go and kill him like we could have questioned him 
And Bond's like, oh, sorry. And then after this, she's like, what happened to Slate? And he's like, it's best not to dwell on the past. <laughs> I love that line. Kills it. He just keeps killing everyone. Uh, of course, he goes out when he goes outside, Olga, Olga Krilinko, uh, Camille, I believe was her name, picks up, yes. uh, picks him up uh, and thinks he's a geologist. Uh, and, and while she's talking, he picks her wallet and grabs her ID. Um, and they pick up a tail. There's a motorbike following them. And he's like, is that one of yours? She's like, I thought it was one of yours. And then turns out uh, when he opens she, the briefcase, I thought she was here with you. <laughs> so I hate when they do that. That's what that feels like. Uh, turns out the briefcase has orders uh, in it to, to kill Camille. Uh, and then she figures that out. She, they, they draw guns on each other and she kicks Bond out of the car and heads to Dominic Green's cool little warehouse hideout. Which, by the way, if I saw this, I'd be like, there's a bad guy in there. Those are some yeah. bad dudes. Those are bad guys. Bad things. Yeah. First off, that's the guy where, with the, the two pads. That's where you, like, you respawn at the front of the gate whenever you yes. die. Like 100%. you respawn right there. Yeah. And this is this is totally that level in the game that you're supposed to use subterfuge and like sneak around. And I just shoot. Nick runs in, guns blazing. Yeah. This is the level in Hitman where it's like you got a C minus rating for this because you killed everyone. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> uh, there's a great moment where the, the dirt bike pulls up to Bond. He goes, You were supposed to shoot her. And Bond's like, Oh, I'm sorry. And then kicks the fucking throttle and the guy gets punted off and then he kicks the guy in the oh face. he kicked it i thought he like pushed it with his hand because i was like god like that's well, the he lightest like, motorbike in the world no he <laughs> slapped he slapped the throttle and when the guy uh, throttled it, it it kicked up the the front uh, i see okay, okay put all the power to the back wheel and it, makes it seems it so it. effortless like geez he's so strong well yeah i mean if you crank if you crank it on <laughs> yeah. that it'll pop it up but i thought that was kind of cool blocking and then bond grabs the dirt bike and starts going um when camille gets to uh dominic this is this is the scene where you Dominic really Green. <laughs> this is the scene where you really feel the writers could have taken another pass because he's like, you betrayed me. And she goes, no, I was trying to get I knew there For was reals. a mole and I was trying to do it. And it's such a bad dialogue. Yeah. And he's like, well, I killed your geologist. And I was like, what the fuck's happening? What in the this? fuck? And then General Madreno is there and you're like, Who, God, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. This is where that extra 20 minutes of the movie. And plot development and character development could have been a little bit better because I like a lot of the characters in this. I love that they brought Mathis back. I think M's character and, and her dynamic with Bond is so good in this. But the Camille character is terrible. Terrible. Olga Kralinko is just the most thin, like 2D, just well, let's put a female next to him so he's got someone to talk to and flirt with. Mm-hmm. And then it's even at the end when he kisses her, you're like, that doesn't feel right. This is not at all weird. This they could have used. They needed to flesh out her character a lot more. I get that she's got motivations, but it just doesn't come through all that well. I anyway. totally agree. Yeah, I, I feel like when it got to that part, I was like, "Oh, they're explaining sort of more story stuff now, and right. we're starting to learn these characters." But it's not very good. <laughs> it's not good, and it's not interesting, and it's not as because especially since we had the Vesper character. Oh, the way that they they had a really clever way to get yeah. the exposition across, which is that train sequence where they're trying to guess each other's backstories. And by the way, it's never really confirmed, but it's enough for the audience to go off of. It's enough meat for the audience to, to feel satiated when we go into, when they actually do make love and do all that stuff. Um, anyway, so Madreno's there and he's just the bad guy and Dominic's there and he's like, dude, you know, here's what we want. We want this fucking land. And if you give us this land, the guy's like, that land's useless. And he's like, well, we want it anyway. And he's like, okay, we'll get, I'll give it to you and then we'll overthrow the government and I'll be president and everything will be cool. There's and no then, oil there, bro. And he's like, Oh, even if there's not whatever we find, you'd think whatever they'd be like, find, it's ours. You'd think they'd be like, well, maybe I should go look. Maybe yeah, there's like, something maybe else there. There's probably <laughs> something there that these guys <laughs> definitely want. Like if it's worth their time and resources to yeah. overthrow the Bolivian government, 
It's a tall task. We should, yeah. we should have someone just just send Kevin down and, and let's <laughs> have him take a look and see what's going on. Like Kevin will figure it out. He'll, he'll figure it out. Um, of course, uh, Bond has a great moment here. And I don't know if you guys caught this or not, but Bond uh, walks up to the guy at the gate and gives him a card. And on the card, it says Universal Exports, which is the old, old cover that Bond used to use when he was stationed in Jamaica. He worked for a the his the company that he quote unquote worked for was Universal Exports, which was of course a front for the British Secret Service. Um, but I just That's thought that was cool that they put a card, they put hmm. that on the card. I didn't like this whole scene for all the dialogue reasons, but also just Daniel Craig kind of just standing Sitting outside there. the gate. Like <laughs> the, the amount of times they showed him over there and like he gets caught, it's so bizarre. It, it, it was really lazy. It it was I mean the fact that they just kept cutting him to show like. Daniel Craig's still watching. Everybody remember, you know, yeah. like it, it just felt really off for me. But also it, it's to the point where it's so awkward that you you get you get weirded out that the other characters in the movie don't recognize it. Because if I was a bad guy doing bad things in my bad guy hideout and a dude, a blonde dude in Haiti was just staring at me <laughs> from across the way, I'd be like, that dude's a British Secret Service agent. Like, yeah, they're on to totally. it. And by the way, I work for a guy that runs an ultra secret organization that no one knows about. I'd be like, I think someone knows about us now. We have to go kill that guy. Also, why is he on a dirt bike on a boat? That's weird. Um, anyway, he does a cool thing where the guy tries, for some reason, dials the cell phone number on the card. And then that cell phone number sets up a trace, and so now he can trace that. And that's, I guess, that's cool. Um, and then Dominic, let's see, there's how that. Oh, uh, Dominic says, listen, there's one more thing I, I need for you to do in order to get this deal done. Uh, you need to take Camille. She's going to go with you anyway. But when you're done with her, throw her overboard, kill her because she betrayed me. And, and I don't like that. And then for some reason, she, she goes willingly. And you're like, oh, that's weird. Why would she do that? Um, Bond looks over. Tropiest fucking setup ever. Hey, Very we're trippy. bad guys that are rapey and weird. Hey, yep. girl, what's your motivation? Uh, I need revenge. It's like, oh, Jesus, guys. Give her Pretty something. Bad. Give her something. Uh, of course, Bond thinks she needs saving, so he does this. I actually kind of like this sequence at first where he's riding the dirt bikes across the boats. I was like, that's kind of cool. It had potential. It I had did potential. not like how it looked. No, he jumps onto the boat, of course, then and as she, as she pulls a gun out to kill General Madrina, he knocks it out of her hand and tackles her onto a different boat. And then we get a very generic boat sequence um, that doesn't really matter. I mean, that well, ends so. with him like toppling another boat with an anchor, which at first when I watched that, I watched that three times. Like, what the fuck did he do? Yeah, but I guess he threw the anchor into the other boat and then gunned his boat and it flipped. the other. I don't know. It's weird. I, I was very confused by that as well. Um, yeah. Well, and during during this whole thing, Camille gets knocked out. Um, and then once again, the sequence ends and it's it's a weird sequence, but I love after it's done, the action's over and the music kicks in and all the sound goes away and we just yeah. see Bond piloting the boat and it's really beautiful and cool. And, the, and the, the score of this, I think is, I think is very, very well done. Um, this scene, I agree. Yeah, uh, of course, Bond, uh, when he gets off the boat, he hands Camille's unconscious body. What the Porter. fuck was this scene? <laughs> like, it's very weird. It's it was very, so very weird. It's like, in what world? Can you definitely you can't do that now. There's it. no way you can hand It's not like they're parking your car and you're going to tip them later. It's just like, here's <laughs> an unconscious woman. Like, yeah. It's, it was basically like a, a metaphor for like, here's kind of how we feel about, <laughs> about women. women in these movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that you're, let's put it this way. You're definitely not going to see it. That and they would have to die. 
for sure. Uh, and rightfully so, of course. Uh, Bond then uses the tracker that he put on uh, the henchman's phone to track Green to an airfield. He calls M for info on Dominant Green. Uh, and she's like, well, there's a lot of Dominant Greens. It's a pretty generic name, but the, the top hit we get is Dominant Green, CEO of Green Planet, which is like a philanthropic organization. Uh, he's an environmentalist, and Bond's like, that's a perfect cover. Um, and then M goes, hold on a second. She calls the CIA, and I I love this sequence. Because she calls the CIA and she goes, interest in Dominant Green. And the operator goes, hold, please, and connects him to um, David Harbour's character. Yeah. But shout out to David Harbour being this. Um, I forget his, the name of his character. But he goes, hey, this is so-and-so. And she goes, uh, "What's?" he's like, we have no interest in Dominant Green. And then Tanner's like, well, I guess that solves it. And and M's like, have I fucking taught you nothing, you stupid moron? Greg you are Bean going to was be... the name of David Harbour's character. What's that? Greg Bean was David Bean. Harbour's character. But anyway, she's like, Tanner, you fucking ignorant moron. Like, how could you not understand this? And I was like, what's she talking about? She goes, of course, they're really interested in it. I called the operator and they connected me to the station head of South America like that. He's he must be super interested in this guy. And then lo and behold, of course, uh, when when Dominic Green gets on the plane, um, David Harbour's character is on the plane with Felix Leiter uh, and they're meeting with him. So the interest runs very, very deeply. Um I love moments like that where they they just it's sort of like a little audience fake out, you know. Yeah, I think it's really cool. That shit is always uh, really fun to watch. And I think and uh, what what's the character's name? Sorry, what's David Harbour? Beamer? Greg Beam. Beam. Uh, of Beam. course, Beam is kind of a piece of shit, right? And he goes, "They're they're doing this deal, and the deal is like the CIA the CIA will will back the coup. They won't do anything against this coup in Bolivia in exchange for the oil rights." to whatever they find on this land. And the guy's like, again, you guys really should just send someone, anyone out there to take a look at this land. A geologist of some sort could probably tell you there's no oil, but fine, we'll give you the oil rights for it. And basically, this is the worst deal ever. But of course, the CIA, they're wheeling and dealing, man. They're out there. They can't be bogged down with actual, like, the, the specifics. They're is like, this is a win-win in our eyes. Exactly, win-win. win-win. Uh, yeah. And then the guy goes, of course, I have a problem. And he hands him a picture of Bond. And he goes, do you know who this is? And Felix, being the fucking homie, is like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. And, and Down then ass like, homie, bro. And then Beam looks at it again. He goes, oh, that's James Bond. He's British Secret Service. Don't know how I could have missed that. And he says it kind of shittily to Felix. And Felix is like, because you're not supposed to blow people's cover, you fucking asshole. And I hate you until you pop back up in Stranger Things Season 1. And then you're cool. You're and cool. I like you again, yeah. Yeah, you're you cool. Be, you become pretty cool. Uh, of course, Bond tracks Green's uh, that that signal on the Green's uh, henchman's cell phone to uh, Austria. They're going to Austria, so they, so he gets a plane over there. Um, when he gets the, I love, I lo- yeah, <laughs> so weird, again another weird scene that Bond's supposed to be just the sexiest <laughs> person on the planet. He talks this woman that's working at the front desk for the airline. He goes, "You're going to get a call in a second. Would you mind telling them that I'm going to Cairo?" And she's like, "Sure." And basically, just talks her into committing a felony. Like he just, she just lies to the British government. Yeah, and, and then like probably it, in jail now. It cuts to her. It cuts back to him. And he kind of like licks his, his lips, and it cuts to her, and she mm. licks her lips. Like yeah, they're gonna she was so horny right lips. there. Yeah. She was horny. Well, you know, it's been a while. It's been a while. You know, you're working a lot. You don't get a time. You don't get time to get out there and just play the field. Anyway, she's they working go, overtime. Yeah. They go to this unbelievably cool outdoor opera where they are doing. I assume the name of the opera is Tosca. Um, because it's written everywhere. And then also, when the guy starts singing, the very first thing he says is, Tosca! Which I think... (laughs) (laughs) Nick, you're such a unique human being for noticing that. This is why I noticed it, because I was like, if I... This is... That's such a me thing to do. I don't know any words to the song except for Tosca. 
Tosca, 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 Tosca. How are you, Tosca? I'm wearing shoes. I see lamp. Anyway, it's really cool, and it's an outdoor opera. And I'm like, that's really cool, man. Weather dependent, of course, because it's too cold. I'm like, this is not as cool as an indoor opera right now. Obvs. Uh, of course, he uh, he steals someone's suit, and the guy's super jacked. And I'm like, I don't think Daniel Craig's that big, but whatever. It's fine. Um, and then heads over to the gift basket area where they, they're giving gift bags out. And, of course, he spots someone that gets a gift bag with a purple bow on it. And he goes, purple is the color of, of, of fucking bad guys. So this Royalty. guy must be a bad guy. And <laughs> I got something for you, Nick. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Craig felt Casino Royale was physically a walk in the park compared to this movie. His training was extremely intense, involving more boxing, more running, more speedboating, and more stunt driving. I he like to imagine he's times. doing all of it on a speedboat. <laughs> like, all of those things? Just all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I remember saying something about this being very, like, one of the reasons why he didn't want to do, um, I think he wanted to quit after Skyfall was because he was like, this shit's actually really hard on my body. Because yeah. I think he had done some of the stunts um and it was just it was too hard for him but well he got injured three times just in this one and we already know he gets injured in the other ones yeah yeah so it's tough it's tough but also suck it up before we move on let me Mm -hmm. tell you about our sponsors ladies and gentlemen today we are brought to you by hymns nick and andy i got the two guys here can you talk to us about hymns for a second i'm gonna tell you right now hymns is the reason why i still have this amazing hair on my head right now i would not have it without them i use it daily i use the finestra i just did my doc my my re-up with my doctor's appointment uh they reached out and said hey we're just checking in to re-up your appointment for the prescription i know i talked back and forth with the doctor and now i'm in full effect um and, and i've got the vitamins Nick, over there yes who took the photo for you andy took the photo of me because oh. <laughs> guess I what guys Teamwork was, makes the dream work it was so funny i walked over to nick's desk and i saw him with his phone and he was doing this and i was like you doing your for him thing? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll take the photo. <laughs> I love it. And you know what? It works. And I love, again, yeah. I'm using the finasteride as, as, as well as I am. Andy, are you using the shampoo as well? I'm using uh, the shampoo. I'm, I'm using the finasteride. Uh, using the finasteride. Using the, the minoxidil, right? So the, the finasteride is, is helping me keep my hair uh, as opposed to, uh, I was seeing a, a, a pretty quick loss of hair several years ago. And ever since I started this, uh, yeah, I've been noticing it just slowed down quite a bit, and I'm I'm super super happy. And here's about what it. here's what I'm going to say. This I, this caused me back in my 20s when I first noticed my hair going a tremendous amount. If you guys want that tremendous want amount of what anxiety, because oh, okay. I thought I was losing my hair. If you guys want that, if you want to alleviate that, go to forhims.com. Check out these products. I swear by them. I think you. I think they'll be really good so for you. This is uh, your one-stop shop for hair solution and erectile dysfunction. It's a a common issue men face but don't always want to talk about. 40% of men by age 40 struggle for not being able to get and maintain an erection. Uh, There's scientists that are trying to help you out there. Well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you combat ED. Uh, These are prescription solutions backed by science and made more affordable. It's so easy. You just answer a couple questions about your medical history and you chat with a real doctor for a confidential review. You can try HIMSS today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to 4 com slash kfms that's f-o-r-h-i-m-s dot com slash kfms for hymns.com slash kfms prescription products are subject to doctor approval and require an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate you can see the website for full details and safety information this could cost hundreds if you went in person to the doctor's office or pharmacy remember that's for hymns.com slash kfms and next up i want to tell you about honey one of the greatest extensions you can have for your internet browser and it will save you hundreds if not thousands of dollars honey is the ultimate 
uh, money saver for you. All you do, you install it once when you're shopping on any of your favorite sites, whether it's a big thing like bestbuy.com or if it's a smaller thing like someone's Etsy page. Honey will pop up and it will find the best deals for you, best coupon codes, and you're saving money without even doing anything. It just automatically applies it. It's fantastic. I've been using this for almost a decade. Kevin's been using it. Joey's been using it for all things kind of funny, and she's literally saved the company thousands of dollars over the years. Uh, Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites like Target, Sephora, Macy's, eBay, Etsy, Walmart. Boom. All you're doing when you check out, this little box drops down. All you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds. This little dude does a little dance, and then boom. Your coupons are applied, and you're just watching the prices drop. Honey's found over 18 million members, over $2 billion in savings, and you could be saving that money as well. Not using Honey is literally passing up free money. It's free to use and installs in just two clicks. It's super easy. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash morning. That's joinhoney.com slash morning. Nick, back to you. The opera starts. Right. And dudes starts and the guy's like, Tosca, 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 Tosca. I'm a Vulgi Tosca. And then Bond heads to the top of the lighting truss and starts scanning the audience. And he listens. He puts a little earpiece that he got from the bag in his ear. And he starts hearing people talk over the headset about pipelines. I love this scene. I think it's really cool, too. Yeah. Like I I, I, I just gets into that super cool spy shit that I really dig. Uh, Again, one reason why I love Mission Impossible. Like it's not just all about the action. It's about the the technology and how they're using to sort of get a one-up on the opponent and i i absolutely love this scene hearing everybody seeing everybody with their secret little bluetooths in mm-hmm. uh well we're not quite there yet. he still has to like infiltrate and all that bullshit but that is, well, we start I, seeing it's people, so fascinating to me yeah we start seeing people talking and you think that someone around there would be like hey shut up i'm so, i'm trying to watch fucking tosca right <laughs> don't you know i love tosca <laughs> this is my favorite ever of operas <laughs> or whatever this is anyway so they start talking and they start and and the uh, the project tiara project comes up and they're like we need more pipeline ideally 2000 kilometers and no one objects he's like does anyone have any objections and everyone's like nah we're cool and they're having a meeting uh and they talk about bolivia and then they talk about the world's most valuable resource and you're like it must be talking about oil right you know what I mean? They're like, oil, right? Ah, we're not really talking about oil. We're talking about something else. Uh, anyway, Bond interrupts them and tells them they ought to find a better place to meet. And, of course, everyone starts freaking out and starts getting up to leave. And Bond starts taking pictures of all of them. Everyone, of course, except for Mr. White, who realizes that if he just stays where he's at, he can hide in plain sight. Uh, he's cool as a cucumber. And then when everyone starts leaving, he goes, I guess Tosca's not for everyone. Uh, anyway a foot chase ensues and bond gets the drop one of the gunmen this is a weird scene also where i'm like i think they wanted to do something else with this but it's like a montage and there's music playing and we're seeing tosca which is cool but i'm like i just like why even have this here they wanted to be really artful with it uh with how it's cutting between the two things but i think what it sort of gave off to the audience is that something fucked up is happening with the opera and there's yeah. something sinister happening there. I think that that's kind of what the feeling that it gives off that like, oh, this isn't just an opera. This isn't an actual opera. There's real guns being used. But like, that's that's not what it was at all. It was just like they were trying to be really artful and expressionist with how they were editing the chase scene with the opera. Yeah. It just didn't really work for me. Well, it also just didn't seem it just for me, like structure wise, plot wise. It doesn't make any sense if these people don't want to get found out. Why would they start a gunfight? Why wouldn't they just leave? You know what I mean? 
Like I always thought, like I'm like, oh, bon- they're scared of Bond, so why are they going after Bond to kill Bond? Go back into hiding, running? yeah, yeah. Like it was, it's just kind of weird. I'm like, why would there be a shootout right now? This is drawing a lot of attention to you, and obviously there's cameras everywhere, and someone's going to see that you're there with your guys shooting at this guy, and they're going to wonder what the fuck's going on. And bada bing, bada boom, no more quantum. Anyway, uh, Bond decides to just kill a guy. He's like, who do you work for? And the guy's like, fuck you. I'm not telling you. So Bond just throws his ass on. I guess he doesn't really kill him. He yeah. throws him on a couple of stories onto the, the hood of Dominic Green's car. And it's Dominic Green's like, I liked how this looked, though. Like, I liked he that he like actually threw him off. So he works for the guy who is a lead advisor to the prime minister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah, doesn't yeah. die when he hits the car, but Dominic Green goes, is he one of ours? And the guy's like, nope. And he goes, then why is he fucking looking at my face? Yeah. What do I pay you for? For Christ's sake. And the guy gets out and just ices him. Um, and then, of course, they they blame it on Bond. Bond gets blamed for that. Um, so let's see. Uh, Tanner calls M to inform him that Bond Bond like Bond sends him all the pictures, and they're all power players. Um, and then M's like, "Yo, the dude that Bond killed." He's t- he tells M, "Excuse me, the dude that Bond killed was a member of Special Branch." And by the way, Special Branch just sounds really fucking cool. If I ever get to be a member of Special Branch, I would just I would fucking hang that in front of Greg Miller's stupid face for the rest of my life. Of like, course you special would. branch fucking trending gamer. Deservedly so. Deservedly so, have. Nick. Yeah. Just, he gets I'm it. I'm hoping for you, man. Yeah. Dude, one day I'll be a member of British special branch. Anyway, um, the guy he killed, of course, was uh, was was working for a guy that was uh, high up in the British government. M tells Bond to come in, and when he refuses, she restricts his movement, uh, seeing no other choice. He heads to Talamone, Italy. I don't know this place to see Mathis. Talimone. Uh, but, they're doing an opera there as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but of course, this is the part where he flirts with the redhead and he's like, hey, but Colin, just tell him I went to Cairo and please commit a felony. And I she love like, well, you're sexy. Let's you, go. You bleeped out there. Like for some reason, your mic misses a couple words here and there. But the yeah. way you said that, it sounded like he said some real nasty <laughs> yeah. shit. To her. Let What's me get up? in that mother. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, anyway. They go. He goes over to uh, Talamone, Italy, and he sees Mathis and Mathis's wife. Because even though they tortured Mathis, uh, when they eventually cleared him, they gave him this cool villa for free to say sorry. Mathis is like, "Damn it, woman!" And I was like, "This is why I didn't marry an Italian woman, man, because they just don't give a fuck. They are ruthless." Anyway, Bond uh, Mathis gives Bond a lesson on how the blur the lines between good and bad get when you get older. And Bond gives him the picture he took. Um, and, and then starts asking him for information on the people. And Mathis recognizes Guy Haynes, one of the uh, prime minister's closest advisors. Um, all of them are working on something called the TR project is what Bond tells him. And they're buying up oil pipelines in South America. And Mathis is like, no, this is not good. Uh, this is a bad thing. This ain't good, you, should dude. Not, you should not do this. And Bond's like, you want to come with? And he's like, okay. And that's it. So then later that day, like, hell yeah, bro, I'm done. <laughs> that's it. There's no real discussion about it. He just looks over. I mean, what I would assume is a very attractive, uh, older Italian woman who I would be like, she's, I think she's good looking and she's tanning her body. And Mathis is like, eh, been there, done that. I guess I'll go back one more time. I think, like, it's, I, I think it's like similar to you, Nick, you're cooped up in your, in your house. You yeah. just want to get out. You know what I mean? Like, sure. it's not that, it's not that you, you, you're bored of D or, or your house, but you're yeah. like, you're like, I want to go out and get some excitement. What if I go pick some of them from the studio? You hey, know, man. that's why I went to Pete's coffee today. Woo! I'm allowed to, and I walked in, and there was 15 people working at Pete's, and I was like, I don't think you need that many people because I am the only <laughs> person in here. But I digress. Uh, let's see. Bond invites Mathis to come, and he, of course, he's retired and bored, so he wants to go do it. Uh, later that day, Bond is having drinks. He's having martinis at the dopest place possible. Tim, what is it? Where is he at right now? The airplane bar. He's oh. at the bar <laughs> in the airplane. 
Did you yeah. know that rich people have a bar? Did you know that on every all your flights there was an upstairs bar that you could have gone to the entire oh, time? Damn, man, damn, dude, that that, that area looked insane. That's like, a real thing. They had. It, did you ever see Crazy Rich Asians? No, but I, they have that too. But I remember yeah. in Snakes on a Plane when they're walking upstairs on like a spiral staircase. I was like, dude. I've never. Is that real? Like, What's so real. funny about that, Andy, is I I bet that that exact scene sticks out in so many people's minds. Yeah. How is that possible? Yeah, because like at that point when I saw Snakes on a Plane, I had maybe been on one plane in my life, just mm-hmm. the one way. I had, I never came back. <laughs> but it, like, but it's just it wasn't that sort of level of two story airplane. You know what I mean? Ah, who knows? <laughs> a uh, dead man tell no tales, dude. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, later that day, Bond's drinking martinis in the bar and looks at a picture of Vesper along with, and he's holding that fucking hideous love Horrible knot, necklace. Uh, which is now how I will continue. I will from henceforward refer to Kevin's belly button as the love knot. Um, <laughs> you don't have to, because you're talking about <laughs> Kevin's belly button all the time. Yeah, uh, I think <laughs> I'll tell you what, it. I might not be talking about it all the time, but Kevin, Kevin knows, just I popped up on Mike. I think about it all the time. <laughs> they call it the Algerian love knot. <laughs> Peruvian love knot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, the Peruvian love knot. That is so disgusting. <laughs> Let's move on because I'm even starting yeah, to throw up a little bit do. in my mouth. Anyway, uh, bon- Mathis offers Bond some sleeping pills. He says, Do you want some pills? And he's like, I got pills for everything. I got some make you taller and some make you forget. And then we get that Bond is just trying to drink to forget the pain of Vesper. Uh, anyway. They land in Bolivia, and Gemma Arterton, uh, also known as Strawberry Fields, uh, uh, greet, is there to uh, greet them at arrivals. She's been ordered to turn Bond right around and send him back to London. But Bond's like, well, when's the next flight out? And she's like, well, it's not until tomorrow. And he's like, I guess we're fucking then. And she's like, I, that's a leap in logic, but okay. I mean, anyway, she, t- she takes him over to a hotel, and it's a shithole hotel. And she's like, our cover is that we are it's just teachers. And Bond's like, cool, I'm not staying here. And then they take a cab over to a baller ass hotel that I, I can't even show my wife because I know she'll want to stay there. And it's like everything is just super cool and clean. And he goes, our cover will be fine here. And he goes up to the concierge and goes, we're uh, teachers, but we've also just won the lottery. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I love that. Here. I like that. That's pretty cute. Uh, anyway, they go upstairs and we have that scene, of course, where he's like, I can't find the uh, stationery. Do you want to come help me find it? And she goes, oh, Bond, I have to have sex with you now. It's contractual. <laughs> oh, Bond. Oh, that James Bond. And it's kind of weird and creepy, but they bang. Anyway, and then she goes, we have a great scene later where she's like, it cuts and they're sitting in bed after post coitus. And she's like, do you have any idea how disappointed I am with myself right now? And I was like, OK, that, OK, OK, that's cute. She gave in, but it's totally unprofessional. But no one has to know. Andy. We're going to go over to the pool. We're gonna share it together. No, I no. I'd anyway, not. Uh, later <laughs> I'd that, rather not. <laughs> later that I'm night, they get my body like that. <laughs> 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 I'm telling Greg, we're calling it. <laughs> later that night, they get invited to it. Uh, they get an invitation to a party that Dominic Green's uh, charity is throwing. Uh, Green Planet. Uh, Mathis introduces them to the chief of police, Carlos, and then uh, we see Olga Krilinko come back. Just to fuck with Green. And again, this is where the writing is like they needed a couple more drafts on this because this makes no sense. She just kind of walks in and starts fucking up his party. And he's like, I'm clearly going to kill you. Like I was going to kill you before. What made you think that I wasn't going to kill you? Now, now? I'm super pissed. Yeah. And then she, he sort of like pushes her against the railing. And there's like 50 people around. Yeah. I'm like, this is dumb. Yeah, and she's then, like, you're going to kill me. And he's like, oh, well, I mean, maybe you just maybe you had a little slip and you fell. That, you know, and it, yeah, this whole scene had me very confused about the motivations of what was happening between the characters. 
It's it's very, very weird. And then we see the guy fall down the stairs that fields trips and Nick. Is it a wig? Uh. I don't know. Wigging out with Scarpino. Why was this guy wearing a toupee? This I don't is weird. <laughs> I think this was an homage to like an older Bond movie where people, I've, all the villains, to Tim's earlier point, had like a characteristic that was indicative of like, of like the, I like how you put it, Tim. It was like a, they had a trait that was a villainous that like, you know, I guess represented the villainous nature of humans. I don't know. Anyway, this guy had a fucking weird toupee and then later shows back up. <laughs> Later shows That's back up. bleeding eye. This guy, weird toupee. Weird toupee. <laughs> that was like, it looked very odd, like a bowl cut toupee. And then later shows up with a neck brace on. And I'm like, this guy is not a good henchman. He's clearly insecure about his balding, forhims.com. Uh, and mm-hmm. I guess is that little fall down the stairs. Now his neck's fucked up. Like, let him go. Like, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> hey, Phil, we got to fire you. The hair, we were fine stomaching the hair and your weird tall lengthiness. Like Greg kind of has that weird lurchy lengthiness that everyone just kind of stomachs because we don't know what to do about it. But then the fact that you hurt your neck, we got to let you go, buddy. We don't have health hair here. You're gone. You're gone. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, let's see. Uh, Felix Leiter there is too. Uh, excuse me. Felix Leiter is there as well. Uh, but he looks like somebody pooped in his pants. She's not happy about this the whole time. Uh, Bond, of course, saves Camille and they escape. Uh, and then field trips the guy, and it's like fucking weird. And then why would they even go after her? Anyway, they drive. Uh, well, as- I, I, I'm uh, again, you know, they've got people everywhere. I'm sure they knew that she was with him. Oh, for sure. For you know, sure. I guess that's true. They use it as a message. Um, uh, as they drive, they get pulled over by the police. Uh, when Bond gets out of the car, they tell him to open the trunk, and he's like, "No, why would you want me to do that?" And when they open the trunk, uh, Mathis is there, and this is a little murky because you're like, "Is he alive?" And then I don't kinda, know. You don't, yeah, <laughs> you don't know if he's alive or not. I'm like, oh, they killed Mathis and put him back there. But when he lifts him up, Mathis like groans. And you're like, oh, he's not alive. And then Bond uses Mathis's body as a human shield. <laughs> and when they start shooting him, he like kind of just aims the body at him and then throws it at one of the cops and then beats the shit out of the other guys. I think it was all inadvertent because I don't know if he knew Mathis was alive because he picked him up and the cops go, oh, he made a sound. He's alive. And they like start shooting him. But it's just like, why? I, I was very weird. confused by all of this. Yeah, I would have liked, but, but they were bought caught. off by they were bought off by Green, the cops. Yeah, that part I got. It's just yeah. it it kind of comes off like Bond used his friend, yeah, as a shield, and it's kind of weird. I wish they'd <laughs> block this. I, w- I wish they'd block this a little bit differently. Um, because I, like, I would have loved there would have been like snipers on buildings and him just holding up the body. <laughs> just, it's like Doom, where like pieces of flesh just start popping yeah. off of him, and you see a skull. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, he he fucks up the cops and then holds Mathis's body as he's going to die. Mathis is like, don't leave me. Um, and they have this very, very touching scene uh, where he's like, do you forgive me? And he's like, I do. And he's like, we, let's forgive each other for, you know, fucking each other over earlier. Like, forgive I forgive Vesper, you. Forgive and he's like, oh. what's that? Nothing. Just. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you have to forgive. He, you have to forgive yourself for Vesper. And then he dies. And Bond's like, fuck, he's right. And then he throws his body in the dumpster and uh, Olga Kroling goes like, what the fuck, bro? Like, is that how you treat your friends? And he's like, ah, he wouldn't mind. And I'm like, I think he would. <laughs> he probably he would, would mind. mind. I would mind. Oh, no, if I know anything about Mathis, he'd mind. If you use my body as a human shield and then throw me in a dumpster, I'm going to fucking haunt your ass. Not in like a really intense way, but just when you start watching porn, like right when you're about to masturbate, I'm just going to ghost into your screen and do this. Oh, no. And then I'm like this. 
It's nasty. Anyway, they forgive each other. Bond moves on. He takes his... Uh, and then Tanner squeals on Bond to M about all this stuff. He's like, he killed Mathis. Uh, and meanwhile, Bond and Olga go to rent a plane uh, to fly over the Tierra project, uh, knowing fully well. I like this line where he's like, what did you give him as collateral? He goes, I gave him the car as collateral, but that's nothing compared to what he'll make when he rats us out. And she's like, what? And as they're taking off, the guy's like literally picking up the phone to rat him out. I was like, that's cool. Bond gets it. Anyway, they fly over the desert and Bond, uh, they have a little bit of needless exposition here. Um, where he says, I hear that you're ex-Bolivian Secret Service. You've gone rogue. And then she's like, why are you going after Dominic? And he goes, because he killed someone I love. She goes, um, or he tried to kill someone I love, rather. A friend of mine. And, uh, of course, she's talking about Emma. He goes, what, a woman? He's like, it's not like that. Yeah, she's a woman. It's not like that. And she goes, your mother? And then Bond goes, yeah, she'd like to think so. And that's a nice little nod of the fact that yeah. he does see uh, M as a mother figure. Um, anyway, they spot a sinkhole in the desert. And they're like, oh, that must be where it's at. I guess, I don't know how we're going to go down there. Because we're in a not fucking well. plane. Not a helicopter, and then boom! A fighter, a, 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 a helicopter, and a fighter plane come and attack them and start shooting them up. Uh, and we get a cool little scene here. I actually like the end of this, where um, they're on fire and they've used he uses the thing as like a smoke screen to make the plane crash. And then as they fly over, the helicopter shoots him. Like, well, this sucks. We're pretty much done here. So Bond points the plane like Scott. He just puts the nose of the plane right into the fucking sky and goes as high up as possible. And right when it starts to uh, to stall out. Uh, he's like he'd already thrown her a parachute and he just jumps out of his chair and lets the lets the gravity just grab like take him down and he grabs Olga and they go out of the fucking door together and then they pop of course they do the thing where I always think is like it looks cool in movies but like hey if we're falling together and one of you has a parachute pull that fucker like way earlier I don't want to hit I it, it doesn't work for me and I remember even watching it in theaters the first time just being like what the hell are they doing here like it, it just looked like they needed something cool to happen at this point in the movie. And it, it, I did not think it looked cool. And I feel like the parachute being so low was distracting. It's weird too, because like we said before, like a lot of the action still in this is grounded. This is one of those moments where you're like, well, okay, they're superheroes. Cause there's just no way they could fucking do this. Yeah. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of um, that scene in the dark Knight where, where uh, Batman and uh, what the fuck's her name? Uh, Rachel Dawes fall out of the building and they, just, Rachel? they just land on a car. Yeah, like, why was that? That's the best they could come up with. Like, he's fucking Batman, and the best they could come up with is he grabs her, and they land on a car after falling eighty stories. Like the impact that they would have taken, like their fucking like rib cage, their and brains would have come like, out of their fucking broken. ears. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They're walking, and they have this great moment. Well, not a great moment, but another moment of exposition where he, um, <clears throat> what's. Let's see. Oh no! Before that, of course, M-, M gets her ass chewed out by her superiors, who are like, "You got to bring Bond in. He's gone rogue. He's going crazy." Um, and then that's where we get the great line, where she's like, "How do you?" She's like, "Give me the time to know whether or not, like, we're going into business with Dominic Green. Give me a little bit of time to figure out if he's a villain." And the guy's like, "Who cares? Like, if we if we if we refuse to do business with the villains, we'd have almost no one to trade with." He's like, "Get your fucking like, this is the world right now. Everyone's bad. People are bad. Get over it." Um, the world is running out of oil, and he says, we're operating off a necessity here. Right or wrong has nothing to do with it. Then, down in the cave, uh, Bond and Camille get to know each other. She says that General Madreno killed her father and did very bad things to her mother and sister, and then set the house on fire, which is how she got the scar on her back. Uh, and she's waited for years for the chance to kill him, and Bond's like, fuck, I fucked that up for you. I'm sorry. Um, and then Bond lost someone, too, um, that he's never caught, but he never caught the man responsible. And she goes, well, if, when you do, can you let me know? Because I'd like to know how that feels. 
Um, and it's kind of a cool little moment. And then as they're searching for a way out, of course, they discover what the Tierra project is really all about. It's not oil, it's water. Um, they've been using dynamite to blow uh, parts of, that's where the sinkhole comes from, to blow parts of uh, the, up above down into dam the water supply so that they create a drought and then therefore sell the, the water back to the Bolivian government for twice as much, which cool. I know is not the most grand plan, but it's pretty fucking smart because uh, you need water. And I think that was pretty cool, kind of insidious. Of course, just to nail, just to hammer it home, we see a lot of really poor, just like, where's the water? Where's the, you know, it's like, where's the water? And like, that's really sad. They're all going to dive of <laughs> dehydration in the fucking desert. Uh, and then we get a shot of Bond and Olga just walking out of the, de- just walking in the desert. Just, and these two people just walk through this town and like, well, it sucks. You guys don't have water. And I'd be like, why don't you just it tell them for you. <laughs> where the fucking water is? Yeah. Like, why don't you just be like, hey, we just walked for like an hour. But if you just walk that way for an hour, there's a set of stairs that goes to a giant underwater, like, water reserve. Just go over there. FYI. Anyway. Uh, Fields. Okay. So when they get back to the hotel, of course, MI6 is waiting there for him. Fields is giving him a little note. This is run. But he doesn't do that. Instead, he does the complete opposite and just goes up to his room uh, where M is waiting for them. And he's like, listen, I've discovered this whole plot. You guys got to listen to me. Green's not. It's about water. And Bond, and M's like, you're done. You're done. And he's like, what What do you think? What do you think this is? She goes, I think you're so blinded by inconsolable rage that you don't care who you hurt. When you can't tell your friends from your enemies, it's time to go. And then Bond looks over and he sees um, Fields' dead body lying on the bed. And it's covered in motor oil. Holy Dude, fuck. Powerful shit, man. Like, you know, we were talking about how this is such a violent movie. Like, this is the type of shit with just imagery where you're like, oh, my God. Like, a, yeah. yeah. And I, I feel like I this a, works. Okay. <laughs> I just I feel like it works really well, like tying it into the bad guy with the oil and with all that stuff. And her being covered in oil. I was just like, wow, they they went there and it. I feel like it could have been cheesy, but it wasn't like this really was powerful to me. What's also um, it's it's obviously like, you know, it's a clear message from green and M doesn't give a shit. Yeah. But in spite of being that, it's also a cool homage to Goldfinger. Um, if you remember, if you ever saw that movie, there's a moment. Uh, one of the women that Bond sort of like seduces into helping him spy on on Goldfinger uh, winds up dead and he's covered her in gold. And there's a she's it's a very similar way. The body stage on a bed where she's kind of laying in. Her whole body is covered in gold, and she's suffocated because of that, presumably. Oh, um, the, so, line that, the line they have about her being filled with it, too. It's like, yeah. Jesus. Well, the, yeah, and that comes I, back uh, again, right? Where she's like, she had quartz, like 20 ounces of it in her stomach or something like that. And Bond's like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker, too. This I got was, a lot of people uh, on my kill list. Th- this whole sequence was something that I didn't know the series was were, was going to go. I didn't know that like it was capable of this. I just always sort of assumed it'd be... You know, a couple of gunshots here and there, maybe, you know, I, basic murders, right? <laughs> like the, the fact that this woman is like covered with oil and filled with like, it was really shocking to me, you know, yeah. very, very bizarre. Intense. Uh, uh, and by the way, I stopped the flickering. How what did you do? You look so much better now. You look great. I stopped the flickering. So uh, Greg told me that a guy said, Andy, turn off low light mode on your webcam settings. I don't have those webcam settings on my Logitech setup thing, but I open up OBS and there's a way to turn off low light and check out what happens when I close OBS. I'm probably going to start flickering again because that's what happened when I close OBS a little while ago. Yep, there it is. (laughs) And when I open OBS again, it like shut off the problem again. So I have who knows. I downloaded something called webcam settings, which is an app. I don't know if they have it there, but it allows you to go in and tweak settings. 
for your webcam. So maybe you can download that and see. But either way, let's keep OPS open because you look really great. Sweet. Now back to the plot. Uh, of course, they take Bond down an elevator and he's like, I'm just going to fuck all you guys up. So he just fucks everyone up and then uh, does a cool little thing where he like walks around and then walks on the outside of the balcony. And which I always wanted to do, but I'm like always scared to do it. Like he walks on the outside of the banister, like he could fall. We don't know. It looks cool. And so he, badass. Like, he's moving he cuts, so quickly. <laughs> he's moving. Like a cat. A yeah. Cat. Um, and then he cuts M off on the pass and says, uh, you and I need to see this through. And she goes, there's nowhere to go. There's a capture or kill order out for you. And he's like, well, who could have done that? Dope. And she's like, it was me. I did that. Uh, anyway, she's like, uh, when he leaves, she gets up Tanner. She's like, you know what? Fuck it. He is one of my agents. We got to see this through. Give him whatever he needs, but don't take the capture or kill order off of him. But I guess that the CIA put that on him as well because he calls up lighter uh, so they can hang out. Which I love this scene because uh, David Harbour's there too. He's like, "You're gonna get botulism." And the guy's like, "It's bottled water." And he's like, "Yeah, the kid probably filled it from like the well down the street." Um, proving once again he's kind of a prick. Uh, and then he gets a phone call and it's Bond. And Bond's like, "You guys might as well just answer." He's like, he answers something like in in Spanish. And the guy's like, and Bond's like, "You might as well just answer CIA." I asked the kid on the corner where the local CIA field office was, and he told me the number for you guys. He's like, "Everyone knows you guys are CIA." Which I thought was really cool, uh, and then they meet up on a, at a bar to throw a couple back. And Bond tells him that um, he's being played, and he goes, and, and or Felix tells him that he's like, "Hey, you know." Basically, Bond knows that there's people that are going to come get him, and Felix, he goes, "How long have I got?" And Felix goes, 30 seconds." Love this. Lighter so tips. Off, so cool. sick. I, I just love action espionage shit like that. Like it's just it's so like cheesy and formulaic, but. It just gets me going, man. Yeah. <laughs> Bond basically tells him that Green's, Green's going to double cross him. And Felix goes, I know. I fucking get it. You got 30 seconds. And the latter goes, uh, they're doing a payoff at this hotel in the desert. Uh, no, nothing can happen until until that money exchanges hands. So that's where you can go get them. Um, everyone's going to be there. It's going to be a party. And Bond goes, cool. And then right as the guys start coming through the door, Bond, Bond uh, pieces out. And uh, we have that great scene where... You know, uh, David Harbour's like, well, what did you tell him? He goes, only what we talked about. And he's like, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Outside, uh, Bond and uh, Camille watch. Okay, yes, this is where we cut over to this crazy hotel that just seemingly is in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, why would anyone stay in this hotel? Like, what is the virtue of staying it, in this hotel? It looks like a jail. It looks like a like an off-site sort of facility where they, they house, like, inmates or something like that. It looked really bizarre. It's very mm-hmm. strange. Uh, and of course, the whole thing is powered by these futuristic fuel cells that even the slightest bit of impact just makes them explode into a ball of rage and hellfire. Anyway, uh, out there, outside of uh, High on the Hill, uh, Camille and Bond are watching as Green's caravan is rolling up. And then Bond gives her a quick tip, uh, a little quick tut, as they say. You know, got to do a quick tutorial, Andy, a little tut on killing. Little tut, go on YouTube and just kind of look it up and be like, and there's always a guy who's like, hello, welcome to my channel. Uh, today we'll be learning about. It was always like every art tutorial, crazy yeah. back in the day. step intro that like yeah. lasts way too long. So, so, yeah. so let's get to it. Tips. <laughs> today we're learning about uh, masking. <laughs> uh, so Bond gives her the quick tip, and he goes, "Hey, your training will tell you that when your adrenaline kicks in, you should compensate." But part of you is not going to believe that because the training. The part of you is not going to believe the training because this kill is personal. So take a deep breath. You so only sick. need one shot. Make it count. I was like, that's pretty cool. And she's like cleaning her gun while she's doing it. And then Green makes, uh, meanwhile, Green is 
in there and he makes the payout to Carlos, who confirms that the coup is to overthrow the government is going forward. Uh, he takes off and then uh, Madrina signs the land o- deed over to Green and then Green immediately hands him another contract and says, OK, well, now you got to sign this one because we're going to be basically utilities for the whole country. We're going to sell you back the water. Madrina's like, I'm not doing that. It's twice as expensive. And then Green's like, cool, man, then we'll just cut your balls off and feed them to you while you sleep. And he's like, well, I don't want that because I like my balls. Why that's bad. The woman bad. that asked him for if they wanted drinks, wasn't she? Isn't she the prostitute from Game of Thrones? The one that's banging Tyrion? Yes, thank you. I, yeah. I was trying to figure out where she's from. No, 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 no. No, she's, she's the she's, she's the wife. She's the wife of uh, Rob Stark's of, wife, right? Rob Stark. Yeah. 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 I was like, dude. Yeah, she looked very. Oh familiar. shit. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Madrina signs. Damn, man. Fucking... You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> bro. Um, and then all hell breaks loose. Right as Carlos is pulling out, Bond just jumps on his hood. Like a fucking feral cat, and it was like I think we have a friend in common, and then just shoots him like fucking eight times. Like, I, I love, I, I, I like to imagine like if this happened in real life, like, hey, we have a friend, and like he just kept driving, and like, yeah. oh, I gotta save my line, bro. Like before bro. I shoot you, he's like, he's like holding onto the windshield wipers, like, like he's like, cool <laughs> whoa, Olga Kurlenko has coronavirus. What the fuck? Go. It all comes full circle. Are you kidding me? No, I swear to God. Two days ago, CNN reported it. That's crazy. Jesus uh, anyway, Bond shoots Carlos in the face, and the car crashes into a fuel cell, lighting the entire hotel on fire. just happens so fast. Uh, meanwhile, Madrena is uh, assaulting the waitress in his room, so Olga goes in there to save her, and they start tussling. Uh, Bond chases after Green. Cool Medrano, guy. by the way. Just Medrano. Go. Why do I keep saying Madrena? I don't know, Nick. <laughs> I don't know. I why do you call tool. Kevin's belly button the Peruvian love knot or whatever the fuck? I think we all know why we cut. Please not bring that up again. Thank you. <laughs> call it that. Uh, meanwhile, Madreno. Did I say it right? Medrano. I think it's Madreno. It's Medrano. <laughs> it's spelled the same what I, I we're saying, but you're the, just pronouncing movie, though, it. They, they were pronouncing it with the anglified uh, pronunciation. Thank you for the word anglified. We'll just but, call him but, General but Camille says Medrano. Does she say Medrano? Yeah. I'll say it like you say because it, it sounds cool to do it. Like I have that, several, but... like a couple of friends with that last name. Okay. Um, either way, <laughs> Maderno. <laughs> Maderno is assaulting someone and you start passing. <laughs> and then Bond chases after Green. Anyway, cool McDonald. <laughs> we'll call him. We'll just call him Martin from now on. Um, Bond does a cool thing where he shoots through the glass and like jumps down, and then they start fighting. And Green just starts screaming like a fucking banshee and just and attacking him with a goddamn fire axe. Which I was like, holy shit, that's intense. oh the most god, violent thing dude. the axe through the foot. Oh my and then god, he gets the axe through the foot. Oh, I like I've like I've seen so many violent visceral things in movies yeah. before, and that is that one like I like oh it my hurts, god, man. dude, like yeah. I can't. And he's still hanging and talking shit to Bond. It's like, bro, you got a fucking axe through the worst possible angle, by the way. Yeah, like if it was top right between down, like it's something else. But the fact when it's like in the toe thing, oh my god, that's terrifying. That's that's, that's a pain that's not going away for a while. It's like when people uh, say like, oh, I wish that person uh fucking put a toothpick between their toenail and toe and kick the wall. Like it's that. Sort oh, of, Andy, yeah. why would you do that? <laughs> Stop it, Andy. Why would you do that? What the fuck are you talking to? You never heard that? It's like a saying. It's is it not a no, saying? No, no. Yeah. Okay, Andy, hey, man. Up. Nick, how anyway, about this? Uh, <laughs> right? Oh, that was sick. Movie. 
same same intensity though yeah uh, anyway uh camille shoots the general dead uh but she can't get out of the room because there's fire and bond hears are screaming and here's the gunshot and then dominic talks shit he's like oh you lost another one buddy and so he's like oh, i can't kill him because m keeps telling me not to kill people so i gotta pull this guy up and save his life so we can interrogate him later and he pulls him up and he goes in to help camille and then the their their the entrance gets blocked off by fire and she's freaking out because she's like dude this is my childhood trauma all over again i'm super triggered right now i don't want to die like this and bond pulls his gun out because he's like, all right, well, I'll take care of this. And she goes, make it count. He's like, oh, fuck. He's going to shoot her in the head. But then a little plate falls off the wall and a fucking futuristic fuel cell is in there, too. And again, if I saw a car hit one of these fuel cells like like a quarter of a mile away and explode the entire hotel, I might be like, this is a bad idea to shoot this thing. That's only five feet from me. But Bond, he's not a thinker, Andy. He's a doer. And he okay. just one object. He just shoots this thing and it explodes a hole out of the side of the hotel and gives them a uh, a respite, a place to escape. So they jump out. And then, of course, they spot Dominic Green limping his ass. I don't know where I, the fuck he was going. He's just limping into the desert. I was kind of disoriented by their positioning in this hotel. Mm-hmm. And I expected, like, boom, explosion. And then it cuts to the outside view. And I expected their bodies just to, like, fly out <laughs> when the hole burst through the wall. I didn't really know what his angle was and what he was trying to do totally i thought it was going to be like in uh furious seven when the the rock kind of like yeah gets, gets blasted out or like captain america with the shield yeah, uh yeah. where it's like it's boom but no she just kind of like oh there's a hole now i'm gonna walk yeah. out with you it was very yeah. very very bizarre shit i didn't like any of that but i did like the desert stuff uh i do too so of course then the next scene is they drive dominant green out into the middle of the desert and he's like, listen, I told you everything you know. You need quantum. I spilled the beans. You told me you let me go. And Bond's like, I am letting you go. Uh, I'm letting you go in the middle of the desert. And then he throws a can of oil at his feet. And he goes, I think you can probably make it about 20 miles before you drink this. Like before you get desperate enough to drink this. You piece of shit. You shouldn't have killed Strawberry Fields. I had a connection with her. We had known each other for all of 15 minutes. But she was the one. You motherfucker. I felt like this one was the one, man. Yeah, this was it. But I love this because he's like, I'm letting you go. And of course, he's like, but you're going to die of of dehydration just like you were going to let all those people die. And it's fucked up and cool. So cool. Yeah, I'll give you 20 miles before you decide to drink this or whatever. And And you look down. I I didn't. You didn't. You don't realize it's oil until it zooms in. It says like whatever. uh, Cool as fuck. Well, also because it's like like something. It's like a weird because in America, we we have no. Um, qualms with using thick plastic for all of our oil canisters so i when we when you do mortar oil you know you get the big thick plastic thing this one was like a um looked more like a old school like soda can Can, yeah i was like that's pretty cool anyway uh then we cut over to the train station uh and bond and uh camille have another nice moment until bond decides to kiss her which i thought was weird but they do have a great line where She's like, do you think they'll be able to sleep now? Talking about, you know, the people that had died. And, she, and he goes, I don't think the dead care about vengeance. And she goes, well, I, I wish I could set you free, but your prison isn't here. Right? Wow. It's in your head. It's in your head. It's like, Deep shit. It's like, fuck, you're right. I gotta let this go. And then he kisses her. And she seems kind of surprised. Like, hey, buddy, you kind of missed that situation a lot. But, you know, we've been through a lot. So I'll just let you go. But just don't do it again. Uh, and then she takes off into the train station. And then, and I, I did not know we were going to get this scene. But I am fucking glad that we got it because we cut over to Kazan, Russia, where a lovely couple is returning home from getting some takeaway and they find Bond doing the old sitting in the dark trick. Mm-hmm. Super intimidating, which is if you remember, Tim, that's exactly how Casino Royale started, right? Where he's like, we've come full circle now. And of course, cool. the guy 
in uh, is the same guy from the picture. We clearly know we get that he's you know the woman he's with has the the Peruvian love knot. Yeah. And, uh, that this is Vesper's boyfriend, and we finally found this guy. And Bond basically lays it out. He goes, "You work for the Canadian government, right?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "You need to go get up, go to your the nearest consulate or whatever, and tell your people that they've got a, a plug or a hole that needs plugging or something like that." He's just yeah, they, terminology. They got a um, leak. They got a leak, basically. And she goes, she kind of gets the situation. And he, she's like, "Did he give you that love knot?" Because I have a friend that he gave that to too. And he, he's like, basically like shows her the love knot she's like fuck i'm i'm screwed and he's like get out of here and as she's leaving they have a weird they piped in like a little weird line of thanks and it's, it's i'm like get out just get out like we don't care about you lady jesus christ and then bond's like the guy's like oh man i'm fucking done and she's like and as she's leaving as she's leaving he's like man and i some unfinished business and i'm like this dude is dead as fucking doornails <laughs> yeah he is dead and then of course bond exits the building and m goes is he still alive and he's like yeah i didn't kill him i just uh we're, we're i've learned i'm not killing learned, people man. anymore i'm not all willing horrible um, little jimmy jimmy bond and then she goes old um, jimmy old jimmy now he's james he used to be jimmy now he's james jimmy out um, by the baseball field yeah. she tells him that she found uh greens they found green's dead body with uh, a couple bullet holes in the back of his skull and motor oil in his stomach um and uh so that's the end of that and also guess what hey felix Leiter has been promoted now because his boss has been ousted because he's an idiot and bond's like oh okay that's good and then he goes you know you were right about vesper and and M's like i know motherfucker because i'm your mom and then Bond, and she goes, Bond, I need you back. And he looks back at her and he goes, I never left. And then he drops, yes, baby. Then he drops the love knot into the snow and walks away. And the fucking theme plays. And we finally get the gun barrel. There it is. And a weird title treatment for no reason, but it's cool. It is cool. It end. is cool. And there you it's go. Sick. There you go. Andy. Is, uh, no. <laughs> Seven. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in in review. Review. Oh, we're all That's off right hard. now. Yeah. That's going to be hard. That's weird. How about... Why are, we, uh, why are we so off there? Because we're just, just the, not in the, the sync. The streaming delay, delay, probably. Well, haiku, haiku in, in review. review. <laughs> haiku. Yeah. It's not gonna work. That's so weird. That's I'll have to table that one for next time. Yeah. Well, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form. Uh, just let's see. Uh, like Grayling T did. Bonds D got girl killed by Nick some of those tall pills. In the end, oil kills. The tall pills. I like that. That's like right. That, like that was really good. <laughs> uh, Ignacio Rojas just bringing some facts in here. Uh, the desert scenes were actually shot in Chile's Atacama Desert, the world's oh. most arid desert. The last action scenes exterior shots were filmed at a real hotel, the ESO Hotel. It's mainly used by an observatory to house its scientists and engineers. That's what it looks like. It looks it looks like a building from Control, the game. Hmm. Uh, Mason Hall says, a promising start. Plot A trips and fades away. The edits. I'm blind. And uh, Engine 25 says, the editing sucks. Why is the compound explosive? So Bond can blow it. True. Very true. True. It's a good plot now, device. Uh, <laughs> now we're uh, doing a little ragu bagu. Ragu. Bagu. <laughs> you just kind of like go a little bit ahead from what you hear. You know what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so who's running this one? I think it's uh, I'll run this one. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Ragu. It's all beer. 
Trevino along with Andy Max. We just lost all of that. Yeah, he's cutting off a lot. Trying What's to get- up, everybody? Welcome to Ragu Bagu. Rad guys talk bad guys. I'm your host, Nick Scarpino, alongside Andy Maximus. You follow us at Ragu Bagu Vids on Twitter. And we'll, you know, we'll let Tim be all a part of it this year. I have fantastic. Talk. I haven't uh, tweeted it from that account in about a year, maybe, or something like that. There you go. Uh, this is where Rad Guys uh, rank and all the bad guys in the Bond series so far. At number one, of course, we have Le Chiffre. Uh, where do we want to put Dominic Green as a bad guy? You know, honestly, like th- these two, I feel like are kind of even for me, where it's like this one was a little clearer and. Yeah. He was a bad guy and he did bad things. And I do like that he was just a dude and his motivations were clear and he was evil. Um, but I, I, Le Chiffre was cooler for sure. I cooler. agree. Way cooler. I think I, I, I prefer if if Mads was playing this guy, I'd say this guy by a mile. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if this was Mads in this role with the with those motivations, with those sort of clear intentions of blocking off the dam to essentially starve this country so they can gain control and he could like i love that sort of evil shit but Mm -hmm. just the actor was kind of eh, like it wasn't mads mickelson i I kind of prefer mads a little more i think i mean this is not a a knock against the actor i think to agree again to tim's earlier point he's very nondescript he's a great actor but mads brings that like extra layer of it and that presence that screams bond villain in a more traditional way, and I'm just more I'm just more partial to that. Yeah, see, I mean, I definitely I would vote Mads to be number one, but I do want to say that I think that overall, as looking at the whole movie, I feel like once Mads is killed, there's still a lot of movie left in Casino Royale, and right. the bad guy stuff there I did not like at all. So it's like it, it gets kind of rough, so it gets brought down a bit. But I still think that Mads is just so cool that I, I give the nod damn. I agree. I'm right, down so with that. The official ranking is uh, Le Chiffre. Mads Mickelson number one, and then uh, Dominic Green two. There Next we week. go. Uh, so now it's time to rank the Daniel Craig James Bond cinematic universe. Uh, to start off, I want to give Barrett Courtney's thoughts here. He says, while there were some bad edits that stood out way too much to me as if they just didn't have enough footage and the plot was just slightly thinner than I wanted it to be, I really enjoyed the ride the entire time. The action always had me on the edge of my seat and the quieter moments with Mathis and Camille were great. Only other major complaint I had was the old ass CGI, but I get it. It was 2008. Also, the intro song was top notch. I would put it above Casino Royale, even though I know I like it because of what it built from that movie, not necessarily for standing out on its own in any major way. Kevin uh, is kind of on the opposite side of that, saying that uh, he didn't really like this movie. Not that it's I think me and Kev are kind of in the same place uh, and he he would put uh, Casino over this one overall. What about you? Um, I, uh, I I mostly agree with with Barrett uh, Barrett's sort of thoughts where I feel like um, already two movies in we're getting into Avengers territory where it's like this movie I was more interested in because it just followed what happened the prior movie mm-hmm. but does it really work on its own not really but i still enjoyed what they explored with those characters with those the the characters that we kind of grew to know i don't want to say grew to love but that we grew to know mm-hmm. in the first one uh seeing those sort of arcs tied up with the with vesper's boyfriend like with that whole like weird shitty thing um the fact that uh that green is the one who was sort of employing Vesper's boyfriend. Right. I believe, or I forgot yes, what that. Correct. Yeah, yeah. He was like an I, agent of quantum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, I sort of enjoy that stuff. I, I like the whole quantum, like we are 
this no name, no face organization and shit. You really don't know who we are. Oh, wow. You guys are truly fucked. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I think, I think the storytelling was just clearer here and I don't know if it's a better movie though, but I enjoyed it more, not because there's more action, but just because, uh, the motivation seemed a little bit more clear to me. Yeah. See, for me, it's, it's weird because when you look at this movie as part of the universe, like you were talking about, about it building, like it's enjoyable, but I feel like the things that I enjoyed the most about it weren't actually this movie. It'd be the equivalent of like the post-credit scenes, like the intro of this movie and the outro of this movie. I really, really enjoyed, but I feel like if these James Bond movies were coming out annually, I'd appreciate this one a bit more. Cause it was mm-hmm. just kind of like, a, oh, okay, this is just a step to get to the next one. But yeah. when we're talking four or five years between these movies, it, it's hard for me to look at this and uh, appreciate how much it built on casino. Cause it didn't build that much. It just gave you a little bit more here with the Vesper stuff and a little bit more with the starting right after it with the, the green and the trunk and all that. I, and I liked that stuff, but I, I definitely got to give it to casino because casino was grounded and it like kind of was the reboot. And if that was the only movie, I would have been happy with it. This one was cool and it wasn't bad. It definitely was better than I remember it. I remember yeah. hating it. Uh, like, but watching uh, it this time, I'm like, oh, it's enjoyable. I guess when it comes to Casino Royale, I if if it was a movie about some random guy in the movie that was called Casino Royale, I'd be totally fine with it. But the fact that it's a James Bond movie and not a whole lot of Bond stuff happened, except for like I have these kind of gadgets in my car to bring me back to life. Uh, to break up this poker game that we've been showing you for a while. Like I, those are the elements that kind of lost me there. Um, mm. But I, I don't, it's hard to say. Cause I, I do think Casino Royale is overall a little bit better of a movie, but then I think about that last sequence, the, 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 the final sequences that are supposed to kind of mean something. And we do see Vesper's death and that is kind of heartfelt and fucked up, but I did I don't know. I just kind of, I got kind of lost. I got lost towards the end of it. It almost yep. feels like the last 20 minutes of the that movie should have just been in this movie. Yeah. Maybe and this movie I feel like both movies would then feel more complete that way. Yeah. yeah but then you got to you got to pay Ava Green twice. Um, yeah. yeah. My thing is I think I think Casino Royale is the because damn you're blacking right, out it's... a lot when I hear you at all. Hello. Go for it again. Check check. You're getting better. Yeah. Okay. Um my thing is I think that uh, the Casino Royale is the better movie, and I think it's the better movie because of the relationship between him and Vesper. I love that dynamic, and I just think that this movie, that's what's sorely lacking in this one. I agree. Um, the action set pieces are yeah, fairly comparable, but I, we do get that really cool uh, fight down the stairwell that you know I've watched a few times, and every time I watch it, I'm always, I'm always blown away by how violent and how well choreographed it is. And we don't really get anything like, even the scene with him and Dominic, you're like, why are they fighting? This guy's not a fighter. This guy doesn't seem like... He could really go toe to toe with James Bond. Um, I mean, the fact that James Bond fucked up six guys in an elevator like Captain America, like without blink, without batting an eye. Right. Like that, that fight was really unrealistic with Dominic. It's like he can handle this one, dude. What's going on here? You know? Yeah. So, you know, I think this movie is just again, I think it could have I think could have really benefited from another script revision and maybe 15 minutes of of plot um and for that i i have to give casino royale the, the number one spot i think it comes down to like do you like the poker game or not and i didn't so that's why i put this one over it's casino yeah I, I didn't i didn't particularly love i didn't hate it but it's just it. eh, yeah. but i just i do love the fact that they had the balls to be like the main like action for the for the second act of casino royale is going to be a poker game and that's so james bond like you get action but you also get him 
having to intellectually like spar with his opponents on you know both both Vesper and and Lashif. And I think that's it's just cool. I like that they did that. And in this one, you know, you get a lot more streamlined movie with Quantum, and I I like this movie. Um, and again, I think the score is beautiful, but there's just not that much meat on the bone in this to give it yeah. the number one spot. So uh, voting now, who thinks that Quantum of Solace is better than Casino Royale? I'm sorry. Quantum- I'm sorry. No, I don't think it's better. My bad. I was. I think it's worse than Casino Royale. Yeah. Andy and Barrett both raised their hands, which means the new ranking of the James Bond Cinematic Universe. Number one, Casino Royale. Number two, Quantum of Solace. Next week, we're doing Skyfall, and I'm really excited about this one because it's it's my favorite. This um, is the end. That, at least from the first time I've seen them. So exciting times. And I'm excited to go back and watch because I remember Let's not. Go. I didn't like Skyfall as much as everyone else did. Um, but recently, my wife was watching it on TV, sat and watched it for about 20 minutes. And I'm like, I may have. I need to give this movie another shot mm-hmm. because it's very entertaining. And I think they might have done some cool stuff. And I just need to let go of the fact that they they it's less grounded than the other movies. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Until next time. Bond voyage. Give it.